Hey guys, Hyderberg here, a cut above horror review. Tonight we summon you to join us for an evil good time as we cover the new Evil Dead Rise. So grease up those chainsaws and strap in for episode 95 of a cut above horror review. It starts now. Clock two, Verata, Nick two. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing Evil Dead Rise from 2023. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, the person who was making me laugh, John. What's going on, John? Hi, Jacqueline. <laughs> Hi, Eidgerberg. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Holy shit. We are doing something brand new this uh, this evening, so yeah. this is awesome. This is kind of a rarity for us. I feel like we've only done that once or twice nope. before ever. Yeah, we didn't know. Uh, that's right. We did know, did know. So, and I picked it too. So, you did. You're the new movie king. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anyway, good to see you, John. And next up, we got Hydraberg. What's going on, Hydraberg? What's going on, guys? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. It's back to the three amigos here. It's been a while since it's been just the three of us. Yeah, feels good. I'm sorry. Nice to get back to no. It's it's nice to get back to basics here. I love having our (laughs) guest hosts on, and we have some wonderful friends who make fantastic uh, guest hosts. But uh, there's nothing kind of like coming home to just three of us. And then we have Stephen and Leah. Those fucking guys, man! Holy shit! Yeah, but it that... is good to be back with you two two individuals. I love you guys. So we love it's you like too. it's like man, it's, it's been a long time. So I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys had a good week so far. Well, yeah, it's Monday, yeah. isn't it? I don't know what day it is. <laughs> good weekend. It yes. always feels like a weekend when before we cast. I always forget because I have Mondays off. So oh, I have Sunday yeah. Mondays off. So it always feels like a weekend when we're about yeah. to cast, and I. I think of it like a Sunday sometimes because I feel like my week doesn't start till after I've done the show. Yeah. Start my week. But I always remember like, oh, that's just for me. That's not everybody. Well, we also used to record on Sundays. We did originally. That's when we started recording. And so it kind of felt like that was the end of a week. Like, oh, we've been leading up to this. But now being on Mondays, it's like the beginning of the week. Yeah, it's a good week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a good episode. Speaking of Stephen and Leo, we did have a good episode last week talking about Barbarian. I've heard some good feedback about that episode. Um, I did want to mention real quick, I, I feel like I was making myself sound bad if, if I could clarify a point that I was making, trying to make um, in one of our discussions last week that I feel like I did a very bad job of. Um, Hydraberg, you were asking me questions about um, like motherhood and ideas about women being like you know expected to just be fulfilled by just being mothers and all that and i was kind of saying like well who cares (laughs) not who cares but i i feel like it sounded like i was saying like we don't need to care about this creature because she's not like a fully no yeah i I understand you meant her mentality is like what 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 kind of life is she gonna have outside of that yeah i I just meant is it a metaphor her her you know her position and in that movie and the fact that a man put her there is like, is that a metaphor for something larger? Yeah, could be. I just, I didn't feel like she was fighting against it yeah. is the thing. You know what I mean? Like if I felt like she was fighting against it, like he wanted her to be a mother, but she didn't want to, mm-hmm. that, that would be something there. But I guess I just felt like the things you were saying were interesting questions, but didn't really apply 
to her specifically, but I, I didn't mean to imply that like she wasn't a person or didn't, or that she like didn't deserve to be treated well or, or anything like that. Um, I just meant like, um, I just meant I didn't, I, I didn't think those questions really applied to her. I, I felt that's how her. I like, took it. Yeah. Treated I, well. I just, you were, I felt you like I, being a monster at all. Totally. Okay. I was worried that it sounded like who cares what she does or how you treat her. Cause she's not a person. And that's really not what no, I, meant. I took it more like who cares what you think. Hydraberg. I don't <laughs> care about that. That's how I took it. Honestly, the character herself though. I didn't think that you were sliding her. Off. Well, I didn't mean that either. <laughs> just... well, it's mother's day in May. Yes. Like, okay. So yeah. we've done since I've been back, we've done a lot of kind of mothers themed movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you left at the tail end of uh Women in Horror Month also. So yeah. I we just kind of yeah. kept it going sort of unintentionally. We had Wispera and then Barbarian. And we covered the brood while you were gone, which was creepy kids, but it's had a lot to do with motherhood as well. So it's been a theme oh, on man, I gotta watch that again. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, I don't know. I I mean, it's just like 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 we're leading up to May, which is Mother's Day. I uh, second Sunday of May, maybe. Yep. So we're gonna do Mommy Dearest, and we're gonna do Rosemary's <laughs> Baby, and we're gonna do It's Alive, and we're gonna do. Yeah. Never seen that one. It's alive. It's alive. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I haven't either. I've heard of it. It's fun. It's 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 a fun time. Especially, it's it's not super fun to watch by yourself, but it's fun to watch with. Jacqueline, I want to pick Rosemary's Baby for you because I want to review that. And I want to hear your thoughts about that. Well, it's funny you should say that, John, because I'm actually going to be appearing on Horror and More with Anya Gore. Yay! Next month. I love that. Nice because, segment. Yeah, because both of us share the same all-time favorite number one movie which is rosemary's baby so mm-hmm. we're going to be discussing that film but we're also going to be discussing you know the ethical issues surrounding roman polanski and mm. you know his legal woes and cancellation you know should or should not that all those different kinds separating of separating so the be, artist from the art sort of yeah so it's going to be the a, cancel culture or whatever they call it yeah, like yeah. should he, shouldn't he be, and that kind of stuff. So we're going to yeah. be talking about that in detail. So you will be able to hear my thoughts about that movie. Nice. <laughs> I look forward to that. That's going to be a good conversation. I cannot wait. It's it's so cool because I love Anya so much, and I think she's such a cool person, and it kind of makes me giddy that she and I have the same favorite movie. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to talk about it specifically with her. Um, you guys are I both think- big fans of Rob Zombie also. Yes. Oh, he got it. <laughs> That's the thing, though, is that that Anya and I actually did a uh, a podcast about <clears throat> the good and bad of Rob Zombie, and just the bad and bad. I loved that episode, John. Yeah. No, I really, enjoyed, I thought that was a very um, endearing episode. It, I thought you actually played like devil's advocate a little bit on that one too. You were sort of like, I thought you were going to come down on like. Rob Zombie all altogether, but you weren't necessarily down on everything that he does. No, you, I thought you were totally fair yeah. to him. Yeah, I was. I was totally I fair that. to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I had kind I, of expected like, like a hate Ro- fest. But. Yeah, I like Rob Zombie's music. I just don't like him as a director because when he writes shit, it's terrible. <laughs> well, I hope you haven't looked at the calendar in advance then, because there may or may not be. Another Rob Zombie God. film coming up in our We're due future. for one. Yeah. Fucking Jacqueline. Oh, my God. I mean, what do you expect from me? Come on. 
<laughs> anyway, get get excited. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I so she's going to drag us through the ditches. And, and I'm going to burn those fucking witches. witches. Burn through <laughs> the dragon light. Okay. I love you. <laughs> it's mutual. Um, oh, real quick. Also, I wanted to mention something. Speaking of our sort of collaboration with Spoils of Horror last week, I got a fun little treat just a couple days after we recorded the episode. What was that? Steven from Spoils of Horror happened to be driving through my hometown on his way to a different destination. And we got a chance to meet up and hang out and have some food together and chat for a couple hours. And it was awesome. That's called stalking. You got to hang out with Steven? You know. What'd you say, John? You got to hang out with Steven? I got to hang out with Steven. It was awesome. I'm sorry. We- I'm so sorry. Is he as ugly in person as he is over Zoom? Or... Rude. I'm just kidding, Stephen. I find you very handsome. He is he a handsome guy. He's told me he before. Is. He does think you are. Uh, no. So here's what I'll say. I was thinking about this. Like in all, you know, we've we've known the guys from Spoils of Horror for at least a year now. I think a little bit longer. And we've had several, you know, co-hosting, uh, you know, shows with them. Talked with them a lot. And you know, you feel like you kind of get to know somebody over Zoom and over, you know, chat and stuff like that. Um, but then you kind of wonder, like, oh, it's, what's the vibe going to be like in person? You know, I kind of know this person online, but is it the same? And truth be told, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, God, like, what if there's what if we don't have anything to talk about? But I'm here to report that talking with Steven in person is exactly like talking with him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I figured that. I, I speak to Steven through DMs and and we have each other's phone numbers and stuff. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's always oh, well. We, yeah, we talk dropping. beyond just the shows. We talk mm-hmm. about By the way, stuff and personal stuff. Yeah. The the the, the yeah, the, the the text thing that we had going on. You guys oh, got to realize that you're on the East Coast time, yeah. yeah so yeah. when you're oh. texting something, it's like <laughs> three hours before I get up. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! So John's getting texted at like four thirty in your... the morning. Yeah, that's exactly right. There were a couple eight a.m. I, I, I love the conversation about Sagonia Weaver, but <laughs> dude, come on. Okay, we'll try to be more mindful of your um of your stupid <laughs> we have a West Coast time. Going when when you left the show for a while, um, and sure. then. Jacqueline added you to it recently, so you didn't feel left out. And then I guess we forgot that you're on a totally different time zone. So, yeah. Right. I love Stephen and Leo. I love everybody that we interact with. But, dude, I'm on a three-hour layover from where you guys are. My phone's on Do Not Disturb when I go to bed, so I didn't realize that maybe (laughs) maybe not everybody else's is. But, yeah. Sorry about that, John. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, but Hydroberg. I mean, you still text at five o'clock in the morning and it's eight o'clock your time. So still. Well, I'm guilty of it, too. I did the same thing today. But um, (laughs) anyway, but yeah, talking with Stephen, he's just as nice and hilarious and smart and thoughtful. Just we had a great time. I I thoroughly enjoyed talking with him for a couple hours. It felt like we were friends. It was really I cool. hope he paid and put it on the corporate account for Spoils of Horror. Well, actually, you know? we did have a moment of drama where he thought he may have lost his wallet. Um, My wallet's gone. What? <laughs> but then he found it. So, but it was a little dramatic for a second. <laughs> well, we know that uh, Heisenberg has a crush on Steven. I have a crush on Leo. So there and you go. I'm just all alone out in the cold. <laughs> you are. <laughs> No, well, you got a crush I on. Know, uh, I don't know what to say to that. So. I don't know either. And... I just made it awkward. Sorry. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, I want to say a uh, huge thanks to Anna 
um, from uh, oh my god, she just hold on a second. Yeah, she uh, she told me she wanted to send John something, and she asked me what maybe some sense he might like. Yeah, I don't know if it's the it's scent called that I picked. most metal ever. Yeah, that's oh, the one. she was cool. like, "What do you think John would like?" And I was like, that one. "Oh my gosh, I most saw, metal ever." I saw a video about her making that one, but She's what is awesome. the What is the scent? Um, see, oh my god, it smells good. Look at yeah. that. That's so cool. Oh, is that a tape cassette? I love it. Yeah, it's a and tape a guitar. That's an electric awesome. guitar. And a guitar. Yeah. She sent me a. She sent me one recently too. The The Last of Us one that she just recently made called "Look oh. for the Light" because she, I was on those episodes with her. And she That's so cool. Script. It smells so good. I, I'm like, this is probably one of your best candles yet. Yeah. She sent me oh. Tutti fucking Fruity from Devil's Rejects, <laughs> which bad. is, she knows me. She knows us all so well. Yeah, yeah this smells of good like friend, Tutti like, fucking Fruity, but it's like so good. It's like, can you read the description? Read the description. Her descriptions are always so good. Yeah. Sorry, I can't see it. He doesn't have an old man glass. Old man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it sm- it <laughs> smells good, though, by the way. <laughs> Why was that so funny? <laughs> John, hold it up to the camera. I can probably read it better than you can. Through the ca- through the zoom. Oh, wait. Actually, maybe I can't. Hold still. Mm, a little... Strawberry, to. strawberry, whipped cream, something. Just You're wiggling. Podcasting right here. Stop I'm sorry. Hold on. Lun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something about strawberries and whipped cream. Yeah, that's there close enough. It's I guess. Super metal. That's all I know. That's pretty fucking yep. metal. <laughs> it is. It is a it's a Stranger Things reference. That's what it is. Okay. I believe. It's fucking awesome, man. I mean, it smells so good and I love her. Yeah, she's so nice. So she nice. sent me a message that says, uh, glad to have you back, John. Aw. That's what it said. And yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be back. So I hope you know you were missed. Yeah, bro. I know. Seriously, like all these people that are our friends, they've all like that whole group text that we have with Stephen Leo. That's because you left. Right. Like and we were just like in a group text with them. They were asking us like, hey, if there's anything you guys need to help, you know, get the show out or whatever, like any advice, like we got you. And we right. they, they were constantly asking about how you were doing. So like, yeah. And we get a lot Elijah of Berg, Jacqueline. I love you guys. Um, so happy to be back. Yeah, love man, you I too. feel good. Everybody's excited to hear from you and hear you back on the show yeah and uh we got a lot of feedback too from just you you know talking real with people about why you left and um you know not skirting that issue and just being real with everybody about it and uh a lot of people respect you for that man Uh, oh yeah private messages and some of the friends like g baby just was like i'm you know he's blown away by it how he's like i don't know if i could do that and i'm like well john's just got balls of steel like i don't know what to tell you like True story. And putting it out there just helps out others too that might have similar issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, I'm not going to hide anything from anybody, but I mean, especially you two. I love you guys and you're my family. So I'm not crying. I'm not crying. Are you crying? It's just raining on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, the feeling. (laughs) Oh my God. I actually am. (laughs) Oh. It's all good, man. Sorry. It's it's just a, it's all love around here. It is. Can you it guys is. can you guys feel the love on this show? This is why people listen to us because they feel <laughs> the so. the good vibes and the love, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, you guys ready for a little news? Yeah, I am. Good, uh, John. Give it to us. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, so the movie we're talking about tonight made forty million dollars this past weekend dang 
Nice. Off a a budget of eighteen million dollars. Oh, so good. That's good to hear. There we go. That's awesome. We already doubled. We're it. feeling That's good success. about this, right? That means there's going to be more. It's going <laughs> to do more because it's definitely going to do more. I mean, right. there's going to be more movies. No, but I mean, just that yeah. I feel like there's going to be more people seeing this. Oh movie yeah. Week the next couple of weeks, as long as it's in theaters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Insidious. The Red Door. The. Uh, yeah, the uh, trailer came out. Thoughts? It's like the fifth one. Yeah. I'll be Is honest. It... I gave up after like three. Same. Yeah. But I will say, so John, I think you told us that this that this movie was happening in the first place, like uh, maybe two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I was unenthused because the third one was such a disappointment to me. And the, so I didn't bother with the fourth one. And so I was like, why do we need a fifth one? So I was not right. excited. But I will say there are some things that I really like about that trailer. Yeah. Talk to us. Come on. I like that it's directed by Patrick Wilson from, you know, the the star of the first three. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if I care so much about that because I really don't know what his directorial abilities are. But I will say I do like the idea of grown up Dalton going Mm -hmm. off to college and having to contend with this experience that he had as a 10 year old. I like this idea of him. Like they've been trying to forget all this time and trying to put it behind them. But now for whatever reason, he's forced to kind of face it again. I like this idea of having to go back into the further. I think the further is like one of the coolest horror movie settings in the past 20 years. I like Uh, that the red door is set in the further. And there was like a moment in there where like, they weren't able to see that far in the in the first couple of films. And like, this is where they were supposed to be getting to this mm-hmm. red door. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And now it's play, it's taking place now with like the, the fifth one. Yeah. It, it like the cast, the original cast is all there. Um, yeah. It looks like it's kind of keeping the same tone and aesthetic of the first one, which was very impactful to me. And so I don't know. I actually feel hopeful after seeing that trailer. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a really good trailer and the movie won't be good, but I it's got my attention, I have to say. It wasn't bad. I mean, as far as what I remember from the first film, it it, it pulls a lot of those threads that um, kind of, you know, nostalgia wise, like you remember what you liked about the first film. You're like, oh, shit, they got this. They got that. They got the actors back. They have, you know, the time lapse and the old the older kid, you know, the same kid, same actor. So they didn't replace him with somebody else, which is nice. And then um the only reason i mentioned that i like patrick wilson directing i just like that that like he's got more of i don't know like a creative element to it like he's not just acting in it but they give him a directing um duty too which is just nice Mm -hmm. to see that he's able to come up in this film that he's been part of this whole time because i feel like his acting he's moved on to other roles but he keeps coming back to this series which is nice to see at least you know he's faithful to it and i knew lee winnell is uh is writing or he's part writer on this uh, script as well. So, oh, because in the at the end of the trailer, it said um, screenplay by like Tom Sneed or something like or that. Scott Teams. That's that's what I said. Yeah, uh, but we want a story by. So maybe maybe he's not exactly done. You know this the screenplay, but well, I think that right. just means like it's based, based on, the on the original story. story. Yeah, yeah, I love Lynn Shea being in like a video tape thing. Yeah. That was actually pretty rad to me. She's like the main through line through all the films, I feel like. Yeah. 
Well, the movie we watched tonight or we're reviewed tonight is that it just felt like it more important, maybe than well, her being in the movie, I guess. Her being in the Insidious Part Five. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it gives it credence. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that she's willing to be in it means that she didn't think it was total crap, you know? Right. So, yeah, her her willingness to be uh, involved, you know, gives it some cred for me. So, yeah. Uh, but now, see, but now I'm wondering, like, do I need to go back and watch part four? And does it suck? So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is that the key one? I don't know. It's I think so. One. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should put it on the schedule so it'll no. watch no. it. <laughs> No. Oh, now I'm definitely going to do it. I mean, yes, please. <laughs> please put it on. Your reverse psychology won't work on me, Hydraburn. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. So that was it for news, John? Just those two items? Yep, that's it. All right, cool. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. Why did you pick Evil Dead Rise? Oh, boy. Uh, oh, my God. I think all of us were excited about this movie. Um, I picked this movie because... I think we need to talk about it. That's a good reason. Okay. Yep. We need to talk about Evil Dead Rise. (laughs) I mean, it's the newest installment in the Evil Dead franchise. I mean, why wouldn't we cover it? Yeah, that's important. Right. Well, fellas, shall we decide whether it fucks or sucks? Sure. All right, Johnny, you go first. Oh, God. This movie is like the most sloppiest, (laughs) fucked up, but happiest fuck I've ever seen. I mean... In the past three weeks since I've been back is like, like, like to me, this movie was so fun to watch, especially in the theater. You got to watch this, but yeah, it fucks. All right. Hydroberg. No, let's go Jacqueline. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Can I pass? (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, Okay. Well, I think this movie was like. Let's say you're in love with somebody, but for whatever reason, you can't have them. And so you find somebody who looks like them and fuck them. And but it's not it's not the same. It's not the it's not the one you love. What so, is yeah. that? But you fuck them, right? It's still a fuck, <laughs> yeah, you, right? It's still a fuck, but it's okay. like because there's many shades to fucking. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I so agree there's different that. levels to the fuck. It's a fuck, but it's like kind of a sad, pale imitation of like the person you really wanted to fuck in the first place. I'm curious of what you're comparing <laughs> it to. If you're comparing it to a very old flame or or a recently older flame. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When they came, it was like terrible. Right? It was just like kind of forgettable. But anyway, Hydraberg, what do you say? <laughs> Man, I'm kind of blown away by that response. I know. I knew. I knew, I feel like this is. This is me doing the the review that Spoils of Horror did on Cabin in the Woods last week. Fuck those oh, guys in Cabin in the Woods. I feel like <laughs> that was a great review until they talked about Sigourney Weaver not being a horror icon. Oh, God. that's right. Oh, I geez. fucking said it on a oh, media are you, medium are you con- that's going to be more heard. That fucking text in their episode. It, this has been an ongoing. Let me say this. Yeah, that that text. Week stream that we got i was just like icon i don't care what god damn i'm i'm like three hours behind you guys and it's like what the fuck all right anyway Uh, (laughs) if you want to know what we're talking about go listen to the spoils of horror episode from last week where they cover cabin in the woods and all will be revealed yeah uh so for me this film like an orgy of broken glass and dismemberment and blood-soaked elevators this is a wild good time and it fucks 
All right. Well, John, you want to hit us with the spoiler warning so we can get to spoiling? Sure. Uh, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead Rise from 2023 in its entirety. If you haven't seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Hydra Berg. Why do you always put in eye drops right before you do your reach around? I don't know. The, the listeners like your, don't need to know that. Your routine. Everyone. My eyes get like dry. Like staring at my phone is like bright and okay. my eyes sort of like dry out a little bit. So I kind of want to moisten them. So I don't know. It just you don't me. you don't need to explain why you use eye drops. Like I get that. I just wonder why it's the same timing every week. <laughs> well, you asked me why I use them. So I'm telling you why. I asked you why you put them Can in right before your a lot in this show. I don't know because I get like new... <laughs> I want to nail my fucking reach around. So okay, like, I always okay. want to like say moist a lot, Hydra. Please, huh? Moist. He wants his eyes to be. Moist. I want to moisten my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny the way you said it, but it was moist. Moisten. Punctuated. Moisten. Okay. We I'm, lost I'm ten listeners right now. Are you guys happy? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Good. You guys need to meet yourself because you're laughing already. All right, moist. All right. Conda Estrada Condos. Turos Inductus. Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Before I say any more, I might just instead tell you a tale of a night of disgust. Into a horrific situation, a family was thrust. Recordings played backwards of a priest's worst confession. Leads to dismemberment with bloodshed and a mother's possession. Becomes the outlet for a younger sister and her pregnant aggression. Fighting for her family's life, no regard for discretion. Henrietta's pizza has hit in the floor. Now your lives are in the hands of a known groupie whore. But Auntie bets more than just the lies that precede her. Saved her niece from the mother that now wants to eat her. Sole survivors of unknown horrors from demonic literature. A family reunion filled to the brim with the most disgusting surprises. But to the... But the cream finds its way to the top as the evil dead rises. Oh, man, that was so good. That was so good. My favorite rhyme was precede her and then eat her. That was so good. I love how you how you always bring it back to the title at the end. And so I can always tell when you're gearing up for that because I can hear the rhymes. I I, like used to not do that. There there are certain rhymes where it just doesn't feel good to like bring it to the title, but I do feel like bringing yeah. the title in is always like a, a nice little touch to yeah do. It's like a little bow to like end yeah. it with. It's so nice. So I just don't good. want this to be cheesy. Like oh, that's my thing. I bring the title, but I, when I can, I will. It's not yeah. cheesy at all. Yeah. No. Nope. No. Not at all. We would tell you if it were cheesy, and it's not cheesy. Yeah. Can I say this movie was like perfect to watch in the movie theater? Yes, it was a very yes. fun theater experience. I had a really good time with this one. Same. I've watched it twice since. Um, I saw really? one theater. Yeah, I found a good. I, ha- I found a good stream on- online after. Just I was gonna go to the theater again to to see it, but uh, I just wanted to kind of. I like, think you mean you time. went to the theater twice, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think somebody streamed their their theater experience for me. We yeah. here at a cut above do not condone piracy in any form. Come for me. No, no, no. no uh, but yes, John, I loved like that classic opening. And then they swerve us with the, it's a it's a drone. Yep, exactly. The, the, the swamp area into the lake, and then um, I just thought that was a, like a great swerve. And then I love the different take on the cabin too. Of like that's not our cabin, but it's a cabin, and we zoom into it, and it's triangle shaped. It's definitely odd, but I like it's, if you look it, at the layout of it, it looks a little similar to what the old cabin used to look like. No, it, it felt like more like um, 
Um, like an Airbnb or something like that, but no, it was more like the uh, the triangle of uh, Midsummer. Our Astro movie, uh, yeah, Midsummer. The, uh, Midsummer. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. it was just like it was. It, it, it evoked the image of the cabin that we're used to without actually yeah. being that cabin because we already had the cabin in 2013. So, but it right. sort of evoked that a little bit for us. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that was awesome, and I really loved just uh, like our introduction to Jessica and Teresa, and like. Jessica's not feeling too good and we don't see her. And then she seems off. Uh, we see like her boyfriend talking about her. Um, and, you know, he gave her something to, to what, a Klodopin or something like that to calm her down or some shit. And then yeah, we hear her. Uh, she's like laughing at what Teresa says about her boyfriend being like, uh, what do you, what do you call a brainless, uh, brainless something or something? Um, brainless like douchebag or i don't know yeah, something what, like that. Something. Um, what was the sh- uh, story she was reading Wuthering Heights. so yeah. she starts reading it without looking at it which is a callback yeah. to cheryl and that was fucking awesome by the yeah way. i love yeah. that and whether i like that tone change like that was unsettling mm-hmm. and i i felt that too like when Teresa gets nervous about it i felt the same way too i was like oh shit like this is fucked up the way they just like frame that whole scene and she's just stood up like she sat up all of a sudden when Teresa looked down and then looked back up and all of a sudden she was like sitting up. And I just yep. thought that whole like opening, I thought it plays out really well. The uh, scalping was like pretty cool. I mean, unfortunately, the trailer showed some of these images, so I kind of knew what was coming. That's the one thing I thought, thought about a lot, though, is that 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 the trailer that we watched, because we talked about this before I went on my leave of absence, but it was like. This showed it, but it wasn't like it didn't fuck it up for me. Yeah, there's like, more to it too. With like her right, getting, right, puking up that bile, whatever, and then you think she's knocked out or something's wrong with her, and then she wakes up and peels her friend's scalp off. Like this movie did so well at the box office. It was like everybody was excited, and it was. I think back in 2013, uh, Feli Alvarez is that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, he, he he did this really good reimagination of Evil Dead, but like this took it to a whole new level. I mean, it was it, it it's like you go to the movie theater and you see and you hear all these things that just excite you about this movie, and, and the homages are like fucking all over this movie. They are. Um, they were in 2013 as well. Um, yeah, they were. So I For love sure. like how Jessica comes to the dock and like ends up ending her, her boyfriend's life. Um, you know, Teresa is like stumbling towards uh, I forgot the guy's name, but stumbling towards him. He gets surprised. And then Jessica shows up, takes a drone to the face. And it was just like it was sort of a cool modern take on on a dead eye. And I liked how she fell in the water and like he went to go save her. She kills him and then she rises out of the water. That in was the daylight too. Awesome. Yeah. And then the music kicked in and that title sequence was just so dope. Yeah. It just rose above the, the, the tree line. And I thought when that happened, I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm here. Like I'm ready for this. This is pretty yeah. cool. And it was daytime too, which you don't see a lot in horror films. Yeah. The um, title was dope. Yeah. The so title I do cool. think you said it did a lot different. Um, I don't know that I could say that necessarily. I enjoyed this film definitely, but Jacqueline. So I, you mentioned earlier, you were a little displeased on the film. For me, I think this is a really a pretty cool, like worthy sequel to the 2013 film. It obviously is that 
that's what it is meant to be. I don't feel like it's meant to be like a sequel to you know, Army of Darkness or whatever. Right. It possibly right. takes place in the same world, and we'll get on that because of the different. Yeah. Worlds. Yeah. Um. Well, I I don't know if I want to talk about my my gripes okay. with it yet, just, just like, because I feel like we're not there yet. I feel like, like the tone of 2013 <clears throat> plays through in this film too. But like it's mm-hmm. it's played a little bit more serious than the Evil Dead originals. Um. There yeah. is a little. There is a little zaniness there's here or there. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's played pretty serious um, and yeah. gory. And I respect that. I thought as far as like, if you're going to watch 2013 and then this, I think they pair well together. And yeah, I could see them well, taking place in the same uh, world. Well, the movie, like the, the entire movie plays homage to Evil Dead <laughs> throughout deadites everything yeah there are lots of little references and yeah Yeah, yeah, you get the eyeball the eye the swallowing Mm -hmm. of the eyeball and then she spits it out and it goes into the guy's mouth uh you get that that was like one of the most zany moments yeah you get the callback to the henrietta with the pizza Mm -hmm. place on the box i'll swallow your soul i'll swallow your soul dead by dawn dead by dawn i really like that dead by dawn moment i thought that was good but i mean that's nothing new though that is just uh, you know, nostalgia. That's uh, you know, an homage. It's uh, kind of like cut and paste. That's yeah, that's very exactly. Like it's very easily that. done. It's just about placement of where you put it. Sometimes, yeah, it's not it like creatively <laughs> woven into the story. Yeah, I thought it works in well there. in that scene. I would have loved to see in that scene though, like someone else mentioned. I think it was Logan to see like um, you know, Beth fight everyone in the hallway for that moment. Like extend the film a little bit because I do like the pacing in this film. It's very crisp and and brisk. It's as soon as it starts, it just goes. It's unapologetically quick. Yep. And I like that about it, though. Like, we don't get a ton of setup, but we get enough. I, I Like, I really like that Beth, her, our protagonist, like, I like the, I like that she's pregnant. I wish there was a little bit more that delved into that, though. Like, um, I, I just think I, it kind of made her character a little interesting to see someone. There were a couple interesting takes on this where, like, all right, she's pregnant. She has something to think about besides her own well-being. Um her family, like we haven't seen a family dynamic in with the deadites or like, a, you know, kids. And I know that like, mm-hmm. Jacqueline, some of that might have bothered you, too, with the kids being, you know, in harm's way. But um, I don't know. I just I felt like this film went there, though. And I was I, I do. I, I definitely give it merit for doing that. Like it didn't pull any punches as far as like nobody's safe. You know what I mean? And I kind of like that about this film. Right. I actually strongly agree with that. Um, I like it that the movie wasn't afraid to kill some kids we dropped yeah. the spoiler right <laughs> yeah <laughs> the movie was not afraid to kill some kids and so i i do like that feeling of like unsafeness in a movie yeah. where the sort of characters that you assume are going to be safe are not and right. i like that it's it's exciting so i do and it's like not that just the kids in the hall that get killed <laughs> kids in the which, hall yeah um but it's also our you know it's beth's niece and nephew like danny and bridget which we think might pull through, you know, yeah. uh, we, we, we know that their mother gets immediately fucking possessed. And right. over time through the film, we realize, oh, like she's not going to make it because they possibly have to kill her. Like, and then right. I kind of forgot about like the older evil deads while I was watching this. Like, oh, wait, there really is no way out of this. Most times like you got to fucking dismember everybody. They keep coming yep. back from the dead like this. Really? No. And then they all they do is possess more people and create a bigger army of uh, darkness yeah of darkness so it's like (laughs) and i really she says she said something at the end of the movie it was like um you know 
come get some or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a callback to uh, yeah. Ash. And it's it's awesome. I mean, like this whole movie was just it was it they like you said, Heidsberg, it didn't hold anything back. It was like um, you know, there there was one scene where the oldest son got a uh knife right through his bicep. Yeah. And they didn't hold anything back. It was just I didn't like, anticipate that scene being as graphic. Like I didn't think Bridget was gonna it was get to so him that graphic. or take him out right away either, like at that moment. Right. Um, the little girl too, Cassie. I thought it was great, and dude, she's she so was morbid, like, like creating cutting heads off of the doll, and then yeah, I just the, love the, this whole like alternative family. Right, but that that little girl was like the best thing about this movie because she was so good throughout the movie. Yeah, like, like the, she wasn't the, a screaming kid the whole time either. No, and she was crying the whole time, but it was just like it was so reserved, and it was like wow. I mean, she was so good. You were like created that fucking doll, Stephanie. Yeah, which I just Stephanie. thought was so out there as far as a concept of just like she made. I love the fact that they brought that back in the movie. Yeah, it was like it broke like, by like accident, the right? stick got broke and yeah went up through his sister Bridget's. I didn't. Face. I was like, oh shit, she ended up having to kill her own sister. I was like, that's yeah, that's morbid, man. There was I a know. lot of morbid shit in this film. Um, yep. I so I really liked the girl. The young girl. I like the family. I thought the family dynamic, although like we don't we don't sit with them for a long time, but we get there like as soon as we get there, we see like the dynamic between Beth and Ellie. Um Ellie was the older sister, right? Yes. Or they yes. she's titled as just like mom in the credits, but um I believe. But yeah, and then Bridget and her brother, they have like a, a relationship that's like sort of on a off like a little bit, like they're both older siblings. Um and it's just like this alternative lifestyle in the family. Like mom's a tattoo artist. Uh, dad had to leave. Like, so like there's all this different drama co- kind of going on. And um, I don't know. I just thought it works pretty well without being too edgy. Like it could have been really edgy. Uh, it's It's got an edge to it, but I don't think it's like too overdone. And I kind of like no. that they have these neighbor kids too. That like, hey, you want to come over and watch all the Freddies? Like, we're going to watch all the Freddies. <laughs> and the little kid's like, yeah, we're going to watch even the bad ones. And he's like, there are no bad ones, asshole. Like, <laughs> I kind of love that. <laughs> that was fun. I, so, I, the, like, the brother to me was, was he 16? He yeah. felt like he was, like, like just under the age, like, 15 or 14. I thought he was, like, 14. Yeah, I thought he was, like, 14. Yeah, Probably. I felt like that. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jacqueline? So, Hyderberg, you were saying that, you know, you get a, sen- a sense of the family dynamic, but it's not overkill. You know, there's not, like, too much. I actually think there's not enough. Yeah, I can see that. We get a little taste of some of the family dynamics. Um, I feel like the strongest family dynamic or family relationship that we get to see is the one between Beth and Ellie. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, the sister relationship between them. But I actually wish there was more. Yeah. And I wish there was more shown to us of the connection between the mom, uh, Ellie, and each of her three children. Because yeah. somehow Ellie as a character, just in the short amount of time that we get to see this family before shit gets bad, it feels like she's kind of separate from the kids because she's doing her own thing. And then the kids are kind of all doing their own thing. I don't have a strong sense of their relationships. And so, Hyderberg, you um, very correctly predicted that, you know, I might have had a problem with this movie because, like, kids in danger. Actually, to be honest with you, John, I was a little, I had some trepidation going into this movie. I was like, 
I don't really know if I even want to watch this because just based on the trailer, I knew like the mom goes crazy and the kids are in danger. And I just that's not a thing that I like. You know, I, right. I don't like seeing I don't like seeing kids in danger, especially when the danger is apparent, you know, mm -hmm. so any anytime there's like abuse or anything like that. I also don't like it when kids have to see their parents die because that's traumatic. I just I just don't like that. So I was very nervous actually going into this. But surprisingly, I didn't really have a problem with that. And I think it's because there didn't seem to be like a strong connection, or at least we were not shown a super strong connection between Ellie and the three kids. And so it felt kind of disconnected to me. And the kids' reactions when the mom is possessed and, you know, trying to kill them and stuff, it felt like a normal reaction for somebody trying to kill you. Like the horror of, you know, your life is in danger and you have to find a way to survive. But right. it did not, for me, really capture the horror of like the person who's trying to end my life is Your my mom. mom. Yeah. I felt like and, Bridget. Like, and like my mom is gone. Like, yeah, there's this horrible thing in front of me that used to be my mom and it isn't anymore. And so, right. A, my mom is gone. And B, that's the thing that's trying to kill me. Like that, I feel like didn't hit home i feel like they were trying to do that and it doesn't it didn't well i, I feel like because of that lack of lack of relationship building earlier in the movie yeah well part of it is too like uh yeah like you said they don't we don't spend a lot of time with them uh we see that they're very um like they can take care of themselves uh the kids even the youngest one right. but mom's yeah, obviously busy all the time she mom has a lot on her plate that she's not expressing necessarily like dad leaving she has to move she has to find a place she's working all the time so like these kids are self-sufficient, uh, even the little one. And um, they're like this alternative family, too, where like the kids are sort of edgy and like, you know, like modern times, like, you know, inner city kids. Like they're just like, I don't need mom necessarily. I just need like, give me give me some lunch money and I'll take care of mm -hmm. everything myself. You know what I mean? And um, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Them as characters. Like, I think that's really cool. I like that kind of vision yeah. of a family. I do. But when the shit hits the fan they should still be a little bit more hesitant to kill their own mother because you know what I mean? Like, or like more like mortified by like, like Oh, mom is trying to fucking kill us right now. Yeah. I feel like right. this film does a decent all the kids thing. actually mention the dad, you know, yeah. dad's coming back. He's going to help us out. It's almost like there was really not much reason to even have that character there. Cause we don't meet him. Uh, no, you don't. But I mean, it could have just I, been I, the the struggle of mom has to move soon, and yeah, sister sure. wasn't aware of it. I like to have the dad situation in there was like. I feel like movies feel like they have to explain an absent dad. Like if there's an absent dad, yeah. we have to we have to explain why. I guess they, otherwise they, people were there wonder. to show that like there was a little bit of a divide between the sisters because Beth wasn't aware of what was going on because she didn't listen to the voicemail. She got wrapped mm -hmm, up in her career. Mm -hmm. You know, she's a career woman. Even though like her career is not like your normal career, like she's a, you know, she's a roadie. But uh, mm -hmm. for her, like that's a huge thing. Like she's going to become the the first woman to do uh, the the level of like roadie or whatever, engineer or whatever it was. that yeah. she was, it, Guitar was, like, technician? A big step for her. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. was like a big step for her. And she got wrapped up in the moment. Plus she's wrapped up in her own drama of like, I'm pregnant. Holy shit. What, like, what do I do? Um, where I feel like that doesn't play as big of a role in her character as well um, as it could have. Well, I love the characters of all the kids. I mean, they all play something different, right? Uh -huh. You they know, do. it's like like the oldest. Uh, <laughs> like uh, I kept thinking to myself, the oldest son. I I forgot his name. I'm sorry, Danny. But it, what, <clears throat> Danny? 
There's only Danny. one son. There's Danny, and then there's Bridget, and and, and Danny Cassie. like was Cassie. maybe Cassie. barely sixteen, and yeah. maybe yeah, for sure. yeah. Bridget was like a couple of years younger, and then um, I want to say Bridget's the oldest. Cassie, I think they're they're close. I, yeah, I it think looks it's like unclear, the oldest, but they're close. But maybe only by a year and a half or so. Like Bridget I mean, was Danny, not the oldest. You don't think so? Uh, I think she was. No, her the way her relationship was with her mom. It felt like she. No, I, I, I just think that she had a very progressive way of thinking. Oh, you might be right though, because Danny's the one that can drive. Right. Mm. That, that was my point. Is a he, you know, he, he was barely sixteen. Yeah. So it was just like it was weird to me. What do you think mm. of the earthquake and it really like releasing, you know, like opening up this like catacomb vault or whatever of where I the- thought it was cool. I thought it was very cool. I mean, it makes sense in L.A. to have, like, an earthquake. Like, I understand that. Yeah, it feels like a fine way to, like, cause this place to open up. I guess, to me, what seemed more weird was, like, why was it in, like, a bank vault to begin with? It just seems And also, like, why would you go down there? Like, Yeah, that was, like, I mean. You're going to go down after, like, an earthquake in L.A.? You grew up in L.A. You know that there's, like, aftershocks and tremors and stuff. Yeah, like, you could get buried alive in two Yeah, like, why would you go down there in the first place? That was supremely stupid. Yeah, they put this 16-year-old kid down there. I mean, I get that. But maybe maybe the Necronomicon was calling to him. Like, I can understand that. Like, it's sort of No, not really. I mean, you saw it afterwards. No. John said no. Not really. (laughs) I'm just well. There, there were no, there I, were I, actually I, like, murmurs. They like, could hear murmurs while he was down there. They was like muttering. I get that. Oh really? I mean, he Maybe just I went down it. there, and like the first thing he grabbed was like records, and the records yeah. were one, two, and three, or whatever it was, right? Well, he of this the box, of this the priest has the records in it. Yes, and then he then it reveals the crack down below, and he finds the Necronomicon there. Right. So I do like that. This was like one of three Necronomicons. I think that's an interesting premise that I know that I think Army of Darkness touched on, but we never actually dealt with that too much in the Evil Dead franchise. And I kind of like that, like, all right, so let's say Ash found one book. Uh, What's her name? Ellie, uh, Emma? Mia. Mia? Yeah, Yeah. Mia, I think it is. Um, like four names. (laughs) Yeah. I have it written down somewhere, but I didn't scroll down. Um, From 2013, that's a different book. And then this is the third book, right? So like, and each book, they're similar. But the incantations are different. And then what you summon, the abominations that you summon are slightly different. So the deadites themselves are a little different. The, you know, like we summon a monster later on, the marauder, uh, which is different than anything we've seen before. So I kind of like that distinction. Um, I thought that was just an interesting, like, add on to the lore. Even though it's been there, I I like the way they worked it in with this film. Right. I'm curious at how Jacqueline felt about that because it's like you get the. Uh, you get the priest that is reading from the Necromonicon and 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 it's just like it's on this record. Well, yes, he, he has to play it backwards to get the incantation to play. Was it backwards or was he just like slowing it down? Was he I thought it was it forwards. Down? I thought he was just slowing it down. Oh, he so did I. It, down. Yeah. it looked like he was playing it backwards, but I, that was just once he touched it, I thought he was playing it backwards. I get it. You, he was no, I, I thought it was forwards. I'm not it a record. Just like. I thought it was forwards also for some reason. They just slowed it so you could hear what was going on. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what did I think about that? I I think I I I also think it's really cool that there's three books that kind of opens up the world and makes it you know interesting and opens up some possibilities. Yeah. Well, and it kind of reminds me actually. I don't know. Maybe this is a weird comparison, but it reminds me of um, 
Argento's Three Mothers mm. trilogy. Yeah. Play, and you have these three mothers in three different like world cities that, you know, if you whatever, they like open up the portals of hell or whatever. So um, I thought that was that was cool. Um, but I, I got to say, I know a lot of people liked this as kind of a different thing, but I did not love it being in like a high rise building in an urban setting. No, I love would it. you have preferred it? I don't know, but it's just like to me. Like you want evil, him to go back evil to Evil Dead movies again? are well. I don't know about the same cabin, but there's just something about it being an urban setting that seemed weird to me. Almost like the idea of having a Children of the Corn movie, like the Urban Harvest. Like that just seems that like that movie a weird was badass. Did you story. watch Urban Harvest? I mean, come on. <laughs> I listened to, to Spoils of Horror. No, you know, that whole, you got to watch the doll. So you got to watch like the I've doll scene it. at the end. Holy shit, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's just like to me, Evil Dead movies are synonymous with you know being I like out in some remote, out. some remote setting. I know. I'm saying I I get that other people liked it. I just yeah, uh, I kind of like that they shake it up because if they do another cabin scene, it's sort of like redundant, right? Like we got we got a glimpse at a cabin in the beginning, but right, and yeah. like there's almost like another tale to take place in a cabin in that beginning scene. Like there's something else going on there, right? But it it I, was also previous to get. what had yeah, exactly. happened. Yeah. In the movie, right? Yeah, no, that was it. Was, that was taking place after our story here, right? Yeah, and we'll I love that. Well, so yeah, but, doing another cabin in the woods movie would be redundant. So it kind of begs the question: like, do we need another sequel? Yes, yes, we do. I mean, yes. after watching this and enjoying it, I got to say yes because I just okay. enjoyed it. Like, um, but Same. there's part of me that knows that this film doesn't progress anything any further than the last one did. I just thought it's a nice. It was just a nice moment in in time to like, all right, so here's another Evil Dead story that has the same, it's same tonally as 2013. And, yep. you know, it's just like, we're not trying to rebuild the originals because we know those, those are different, right? But these are like newer versions of the Evil Dead story. There's different books. I like that the book, because I was at first, I was like, is this the same book? And I was like, it doesn't look the same. Yeah. And then I was looking at the the the, the markings on it. I was like, the, the outside doesn't look the same. The, you know, there's no face on it. The inside pages look different. And then I realized like, oh, this is totally different. So I kind of like the fact that like this, we're not going to follow Ash or one scene, like central character in these. We're following the books. So wherever the books go, that's where our story takes place. And I kind of like that for these modern ones. Like we still have the originals to go back to. Yeah. It just feels like this. Sorry, go ahead. But they also do that throughout the movie. It was like they, they tie these stories in the necromonica of like necronomica whatever it is you're killing me Jeff. they tie them all together and it was just like episodes of a podcast horror podcast come on <laughs> only 95 yes you're allowed there to you fuck go. it up for for five more episodes and then you have to say it properly there you go but i mean it, it was just awesome because it was just like like they show these pictures of of you know who this character is becoming and then yeah. All of a sudden, it, it you know it was it was like 2013, and then going back to uh, Army of Darkness and and um, Evil Dead Two, you know I love the homage to that. Yeah, so they, this is obviously a sequel to 2013 as far as like yep. placement, but it does pay tribute to the originals as well through certain yep. you know hijinks and stuff like that, and scenes um, and phrases and stuff that are used, which I I. I definitely liked that uh, fan service. I mean, someone asked in the Slack recently, I think it was Nate, um, 
Do, do we need a chainsaw? Does there have to be a chainsaw? Yes, there does. Yes, yes there Every does. single installment has a chainsaw, and that is a that is like you have to have it. Um, I'm sorry, it, we must have a chainsaw, but we don't need the cabin. Is that what you're saying? So yeah, but there was I mean, a cabin. I mean, so technically, uh, so there's a cabin really quick in Army of Darkness, but then he gets sucked into the portal, right? So there's really no yeah. cabin in Army of Darkness, but there yeah. is a chainsaw. There's a boomstick. Um, I, I like. I get the cabin thing, and I, I don't even say that there has to be a chainsaw used, but I feel like we need to like acknowledge it. Like <laughs> I said, like have it on the wall, and then our hero goes and grabs a different tool instead of that one. But at least there was the moment where they acknowledged it. Like, should I grab this? No, I'll grab the jackhammer or something like that. And we can we can use a new tool, but you know the fact that we use like these tools to defend ourselves against deadites is like. That's kind of a mainstay for our antagonist, our protagonist in an evil dead story. And that's why. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that, like, you have to have a cabin. I don't mean to, like, stick on that. I guess I get it. I guess I just, A, the, the, the high rise building just kind of doesn't feel evil deady to me. Yeah. It didn't resonate. But also, if you're going to use it, I feel like you have to really use it. And I, I think they were kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too by setting it in the high rise because they're trying to, the cake is, Oh, we want to switch up the setting to keep it fresh, right? Mm -hmm. But then the eating the cake, too, is like, well, we still want it to feel isolated. And so we're going to come up with these, like, improbable ways of, like, blocking off every possible exit. And where are all the other people in the building? Yeah, Jacqueline, I I, I agree with you. Isolated thing. If you were really really in a high-rise building, you would not be that isolated. I agree with you on that point. The thing is, though, is that it just gives that homage of the smile and the the eyes of these deadites, right? It's something different, but something the same, right? Yeah, and they sort of deal with say they sort of deal with that issue when they mention that like the uh, the high rise is going to be it's condemned. At, well, not condemned, but it's going to be shut down at some point. So sure. I believe that like most of the people that live there have already found new places to live. And have moved out. So it's, you know, it's not as, uh, I don't know, it's inhabited as it would have been. So it is a little bit isolated, like a cabin. But yeah, it's I not guess. a cabin. Um, and they do come up with sort of these, like, weird ways to, like, a- apartment 82 is blocked off. They're trying to use it as a way to get to the fire escape. But they never get through. We never get into the apartment. So what was the point of sure. that? Sure. I almost thought 82 was supposed to be a reference to when Evil Dead, like, came out. But it came out in 81. So it was like. I was wondering, like, why are they hammering home this 82 thing? Is this supposed to be an homage to something? And I started looking it up and I just couldn't find anything. Um, And then, like, Jessica, our character from the opening, she's in the same building, we come to find out. And so she's on a different floor and she's unaware of any of this going on. Yeah, exactly right. You would expect the Deadites almost to possess anybody in the building. Not just the people on this one floor. That was a problem with the movie. Yeah. Is that, that, that it shows... It shows this lake, which was awesome. I loved, I love that freaking, uh, um, that that freaking (laughs) shot of, you know what they call that thing, Uh, like like the dolly shot or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the way went through, it looked fantastic. But then it was just like, okay, so she was actually in the building, but at the beginning of the movie, they said one day previous or one day before. Yeah. yeah, which was fine. I think it would have been cooler and totally epic if they had allowed like the whole building to somehow be exposed to this danger of the deadites and had like yeah. some kind of mass 
like um possession or whatever they that like our main did, character though, our mask right? our main characters no, they, have to get away from Jacqueline's right they only kept it on like this one floor though like, with, like well, i get with, that like, but even if like, like, them on this one floor what if they got out and we yeah. had a little bit of the film of her like that's going up fine, but what I if there's like a horde of deadites that would be like that would be like taking it a step further john you said something earlier like this film takes it to the next level i don't think it does yeah if it was like raid redemption or something like that. I know you guys aren't familiar with that film, but it takes place in one central location where people are going through a, a, a high rise trying to no, get. But I, I, I kind of loved it that it was like isolated on that floor. It went down to the 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 you know, where right. the cars were. You know, that was awesome. Like to me, that was fine. But to no, me, I that's mean, like I... a wasted opportunity of the setting. Why? Because like, that's because the, the setting is the was like one of the main things that makes this different from the previous one. So like, why are you trying to do it the same way? Like, if you're gonna change it, then fucking. I mean, she's it. not wrong. It's in it's in the it's in the poster art. It's in the name almost. Like rise almost evokes. You know, they're in a high rise almost. Like that's what I kind of got when we first. I heard get that, but uh, they also showed it that our main antagonist like got attacked by this entity which exactly i love exactly how they did yeah. in the other yeah movie. i love you that scene. Have, it's like cheryl getting raped that. by the tree in the yeah. elevator and her the shot of her contorted with the wires wrapped around her was fucking shocking like when they did fucking that awesome. she, she looks so distressed and like it looks agonizing yeah. to be in that mm-hmm. position like that and i i do love that shot um i love the way she walked back into her own apartment oh, so do like i that. and i love that blurred like ver- when she's making the eggs and they do this like obscured view of like her face yeah. With her family behind her in awe of like sh- shocked of like mom are you okay and like she's not well, okay. and she's it, shaking and she's like her her face is like in the forefront and then like everybody's in the background and it's like it's right. obscured there's like a blur to it i really i thought that was like really good cinematography but jacqueline well, it, it was also like the trailer i mean that 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 was the trailer right yeah there was a little bit more yeah, we see a little bit more there, though. Uh, it was the trailer, but... A little bit, yeah. We see a little bit more, too. Like I've, um, It was just a really well-shot scene, in my opinion. Agreed. I really liked it. Um, but I, I do... I agree with both you guys. Like, I think what happens on this floor is great. You know, I love the peephole stuff. We could touch on that some more, because I really want to go into that. But, um, but if we got more of that on multiple levels, right? Like, so maybe they spend less time fighting mom or trying to keep mom out of the house... They have sure. to leave the house, it's, or let them get to the fucking stair, the uh, um, the fire escape. Let them get. But to they the gotta streets. go up and set it down by accident because they can't yeah. go down because something's blocking their way or deadites are coming up. And so let them go up and explore more of the apartment. Um, I'm with Jacqueline but- though. It, it, that was the problem is because when the sister looks out the the window, you thinking you're thinking that she is like at the top of the building, right? They're pretty. But she's high. only like five stories up. And she's yeah, like, but it's still pretty. Hey, listen to me. And the rain's going, and this yeah. uh homeless yeah. person is walking by, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like this is like a crisp 97 minutes, and I think the pace is great. Yeah, yeah. right. But it's perfect. If you kept this pace going and you added another 15 minutes of like exploration or fighting, like you could have done that. Like you could have added these things that Jacqueline's kind of wanting, and I think you sure. still would have had a really good film. Um, I don't know that we necessarily needed that the the garage um monster fight as long like i don't know like i like it but it's not quite what we're used to with evil dead this like how many times have we gotten like these monsters like this where we have this like main i don't know i i think you get it all the time i think that was another homage because it's like 
Okay, so it was also an homage to what Shining, you know, when it yeah, with the, <laughs> the blood yeah. comes elevator. flowing out of the the freaking elevator, but it was yeah, I mean, it's it held true to Evil Dead. The the Marauder though, the the monster that we get at the end, the amalgamation of them all, yeah. like um, that was different, and I I did think it was interesting. It's also one of the biggest like CGI scenes that kind of yeah. looks a little off. Um, it looks pretty good. It was, but fine. it's definitely not as I, practical as the rest of the stuff that we get to see in the film. I kind of loved it though. I mean, I didn't hate it. Me, I don't hate it, it. It was fun. It was fun. It was something different, at least. Like yeah. I liked that mom was awake and the kids came out and they started laughing maniacally. Um, if we could just rewind real quick before that, though, like I do like I liked how the kids do get like the older siblings do get taken over eventually. Yep. Like I like that Bridget gets taken over. Um, and then, like, we see, like, the blood coming out of her nose and mm-hmm. transformation takes place. And then when Beth sees her in the kitchen, she's like, what are you looking at? And she's like, like, Beth, she's she's standing on the fucking counter. Like, obviously nothing. Like, something's wrong. <laughs> like, she's not just looking up. She's standing on the counter, like, in this crouched position. And I want to say like, that that we actually talked about, like, like one of the... Uh... The glass scene. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that we had talked about that. You know, we didn't know why she was with that. And it was just like, it, it was still just a, as effective of like when she was swallowing that glass and you saw it just like travel. I thought it was really throat. well done. Yeah, it just cuts a little bit into her throat. Yeah. Down, so that like, made yeah, me exactly. cringe big yeah, time. Yeah, it cringes and then you just see a little bit of a laceration on the outside and then Ugh. it goes down like... And I like she's like I swallow on this to to kill the 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 uh, buggies in my tummy or whatever the creepy <laughs> in my yeah. tummy. And she throws up that like fucking thing of bugs like maggots like black fucking a maggots. that was, that was awesome. gross. It was there was a lot of gross scenes in here when mom throws up all that white bile. And, yeah. Oh my god! It looked like and then, milk. And then passes out in in it. Yeah. Well, like and that heroin. was the thing. It was like, like another one of those things where you, you watch the trailer, and it's just like, don't take my babies, or don't, don't let them take my babies. You didn't realize what happened after that, and yeah. then the mom like puked all over the floor, and it was a long scene. You were like, it was a lot of puke, fuck, <laughs> and she just like fell right into it. Yes, yeah, she like, did. Oh, fuck, well, man. John, we've all been there. Let's not be yeah. judgmental. <laughs> I felt bad for Beth, too, because Beth had to take the hard road of, like, Beth had to take out her own, like, niece and watch her nephew die. And, like, sure. ultimately, she had to make the decision in the end, like, I can save one and I need to save the one that's inside me, like, my own daughter or son or whoever, I'm, you know, whatever she's carrying at that moment. I felt like, because her, even when Cassie says, like, are you going to be a mom? She says, yes. I think that's like the first time she sort of acknowledged it besides telling your sister, like, yes, I'm pregnant, but like she hadn't decided on what she wants to do yet sure. as far as uh, keeping the baby. And then like, at this point I felt like she was like, yes, I like, I guess after watching her sister die and like all this other stuff, like she realized like, you know, life's precious. I'm going to keep the one that's inside of me. Sure. I thought that was cool. Um, Good thing she lives in the state of California. Yeah. <laughs> How badass was that character of, uh cassie i mean she was like so awesome throughout this movie like she acted her ass off in this movie she was very good i thought she was like a weird kid but yeah like i like she's like why do you need to go into the why do you put the goggles on she's like i need to look in the water before i go in it she's like you know it's yep. just your tub right it's not like the ocean 
And that was a great scene, though, because it's like like the ant put her hand in the water and the way that was shot was like beautiful. And then it sets up later when mom goes in the water. Right. And she goes. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was flying out. Um, Yep. So, yeah, I really like that. There's a there's a lot of the stuff in the apartment. Like, I really love the peephole stuff. I thought that was a really well done scene. Just seeing things through the peephole um, of like mom bugging out and. You know, she bites the neighbor's like eye off. He was just trying to help. I I took it like he was like a volunteer fireman, maybe or something like that. I I don't know. And <laughs> that she spits, spits his eye out into the other kid's mouth, up. and then yeah, we he, don't see. He, she spit the eyeball out, and like uh, other kid like choked on yeah, it. Yeah, like even the two stuff. Jacqueline, um, I'm curious. What did you think about the kid acting in this movie? I thought it was great. I I thought all of the actors did a good job. I feel like I'm very sensitive to kid actors who are overly precocious and thus unbelievable but um i didn't detect any of that here i felt like the kids all came off as pretty real i I enjoyed i enjoyed all the acting performances i did too and that's why i was surprised in in the people scene where like you see the younger brother get thrown against the wall like you don't see his actual death on screen necessarily like she gets to him and then you just see him thrown against the wall and like slumped over but that freaking scene of like, yeah. like, like the knife through his shot. arm was fantastic. Oh, and visceral, yeah. On yeah. Danny. And of course, Danny's a DJ, so that way we can <laughs> loop in the 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 playing of the of the Necronomicon's recording because uh, what modern kid really has a record player now? Oh, I feel like they're, they're kind of coming back. Yeah, unless they're really into vinyl. Um, yeah, I feel fun. like there there's a subset, there's a subculture of people. I who also love vinyl. The scene of the recording being played and like when he decided against his sister's wishes, like she told you stop fucking with this shit and you didn't listen. So he decides to play it anyway and he starts playing it on his own. And then when he decides to stop it, he can't, it's playing on its that own. That's good. Yep. That I loved good. it coming through the speakers. And then I love later where mom plays it with her nail and then opens mm-hmm. her mouth and amplifies. Oh yeah. What's coming out of it. And that scene of like Beth listening with the earphones trying to figure out how to stop this and sh- so nobody else can hear it. So she'll be the only one that hears it that way in case it does something else. Yeah. And then like that played in juxtaposition of like everything else going crazy with the other kid, like Danny's dealing with Bridget. She doesn't even hear it in the kitchen. And then, you know, uh, mom found a way through the the ventilating shaft. Because oh God, that was fucking awesome. And so she's coming down in the very corner of the screen. And, oh, and crawling on the wall. Yeah. And it's just Hereditary. like, uh, and then the, hate, man. the recording says run. And then she looks up in the window and sees a reflection of her sister. Like, oh I thought God. that was all that was really awesome. well shot. This is uh, like, this is a movie you got to watch in the theater because it's got those like little sounds in the background. It does. Right. And I Unless think you got really like, like some dope, dope sound system in your house. But this is, you have to watch this in the theater and you'll you, you'll feel the full experience. I think it does so. a really good job of setting up a lot of these scenes and this environment, even though if you don't like the, the high rise, I can understand that. Um, sure. But I do like the, the, I don't know, just like the way it's shot and the, the pacing of it is all really well done. I feel like it moves very quickly from scene to scene without necessarily like skipping things. But I could see wanting more also. I could see like, you know, it, it it is one and done real quick over and like over time. If we rewatch this film, like, what do you are you going to enjoy it as much? Um, I don't know. Um, I've watched it twice and I do enjoy it. That's my question. Real ride. Is that I've seen it one time and I enjoyed it so damn much. How about you, Jacqueline? Um, I feel like it was a fun watch. 
I, I do think okay. it was a fun watch and I think it did a lot of things well. I think it created a lot of very creepy imagery and some really gross, you know, gory scenes that were pretty satisfying. Um, but I just feel like, you know, and I'll go into more detail about this in my individual review, but I just feel like there's something in it that's missing. Something in it, some kind of like X factor that um, that keeps it from being anything like particularly unique or memorable i think it's like do you think, fine do you think mm-hmm. the remake from 2013 had that x factor yes i do you do i, I do the uh-huh. first time you watched it Mm-hmm. okay yeah i love that one the first time i watched it and i think i you know it had a different tone just i'm, I'm talking about the 2013 one right now it had okay. a different tone from the original trilogy for sure but i felt like fede alvarez had some kind of a personal stamp on it. There was something in it that felt like a distinctive style and it worked for me. It, it like retained enough of the evil deadness, but kind of in Fetty Alvarez's own voice, if that makes any sense. No, it does. I also took this one as sort of, so if we take 2013 to kind of be a stand-in for eight, 1981's Evil Dead, and okay. then we take this one and this one's sort of like Evil Dead 2, the, a version of that in in the 2013 sort of world like it sort mm-hmm. of fits as far as tonally because it's a little bit different than you know the last one that we got so if it's supposed to like let's say they wake they make one more and they're sort That'd of like that would be like the army of darkness yeah of so this. like that one let's say that one goes into a different realm like not necessarily like the past but maybe maybe they go down into a portal into like the fucking nether realm or hell or something, something i mean like that could that. be cool I'd yeah. be open to that. But and to then, me, this one didn't feel like it did anything particularly unique or interesting. I feel like it was, I feel like it was attempt. You guys have said that, oh, it sort of continues the tone from the first one. And I think it sort of does, but it's missing something in its style. It's like a copy of a, co- we talked about this last week with Barbarian, you know, it's, it's almost like a copy of a copy. And something to me is lost in that translation. It doesn't have the same like, heart or relatability or just like connectedness that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell gave the first ones, you know? Um, and I don't feel like it has that style, that kind of unique voice that the 2013 one does. I think it's like an imitation and there's just the only some... reason why I disagree is that I think evil dead actually plays into that. I, I even Fetty and then evil dead two and then army of darkness is that, you know, these deadites don't give a fuck about anything. You know, they just go and attack. And that's what makes this movie so much fun and and so entertaining about this. And I understand why people love this movie. Is that okay. that that it's just so it's so entertaining. They they keep with what Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell did with Evil Dead 1 and 2 and then Aria Darkness is that that there is some levity to this movie, but it, it, it also has some serious, seriousness and, and some gore to it that you just go, what the fuck did I just watch? But it's still holding true to that. Yeah, I, th- I sort of think like this one sort of it does mirror the second movie a little bit to me as far as tonally. Um yep. Like if you were going to compare it to two and the first, the 2013 to the, to 1981s. Um, I do think 1981s, uh, I, I mean, 2013s is really good. 
Um, mm -hmm. I don't hold it as high as a lot of people do, but for some people, that's their first Evil Dead film. And so that's yeah. like, they love that. And I, I, I don't want to take that. I don't begrudge anybody. Like, I'm just no. glad that you're into Evil Dead. And if that makes yeah. you go look at the uh, the older ones, by, by all means, like, go check them out. I would love mm -hmm. if, what if the third film opened up a portal and Mia and Beth and Ash all meet up? And they all have to fight together as like that would be fucking main, badass. I'd be all the for three it. main protagonists in the evil. And they because I do like the fact that we're dealing with different books. And I like that the deadites that are summoned from those books are sort of different. In Ash's books, they're a little bit more silly and like they they fuck with you, they manipulate you a little bit more. And this they do also, but they're more violent. Um Mia's fucking deadites were just straight up fucking like insane. Right. You know, fucking sadists. Uh, but they're also the same, the same, the same. Similar, smile, they have a the same mentality. kind of like, 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 like almost zombie-ish look to their face. It was like yeah. the same. Well, it's and almost like because well, they're undead. It. It's almost like the first one that gets summoned in, like in this right. one. The like the mom is like the main dead eye, and any other dead eyes that happen after are attached to her. Almost like they're okay, part of. I, and that's fine. I mean, to me, that's that's Evil Dead. That's what it is. It's like like it it spreads out. <laughs> There's no rhyme to reason of why this demonic entity is doing this stuff. And it was so much fun. Yeah, and there's some really fucking creepy moments in this one that I do like. Fucking a there like was. the voicemail where the the sister is like she's she's interpreting the um the the voicemail and she's like repeating it. Um, out loud, you know, so her sister can hear her because her sister yeah. ignored that voicemail originally, and that's why she wasn't there for her sister during her breakup. And I just thought that, like, that was like sort of like a tender moment. And then like the fact that like the deadites can cue in on those sort of things once they possess somebody, like they yep. they use your fucking your your weaknesses against you, which I do like. Um, I don't know, like I did really like the sense of isolation. I love this one line: "I'm free now, free from all you titty sucking parasites." That was so hardcore to hear a mother say that to her kids. I just thought that was like, oh, my God, it's it might be seen as edgy, but I, I fucking liked it. I'm here for it. Well, I wonder if it's time for us to start giving our individual reviews or were there more points of discussion that you guys wanted to cover? Um, I don't know, John, you have anything else like, well, so I do want to touch on the very end. Like, what do you guys think? Of I do. The, yeah. Yep. What do you think of the ending as far as the Marauders fight and um, I love the final showdown? Yeah, I love that ending, you know, and it's just like like every Evil Dead movie is that that happens to be a wood chipper there or a, uh, you know, uh, a chainsaw there or whatever. And it was just it was awesome. I mean, you like the, like the, you like the wood chipper? You like the yeah. wood chipper, John? I loved it. You know who did it better? Silent Night. No. You know who no. did it better? I disagree. That? Fargo. Fargo did <laughs> it better. Nope. nope, I disagree. You know who did it better? Tucker and Dale. You know did better. <laughs> Tucker and Dale, yeah. Tucker so the chainsaw Dale. that she picks up Tucker is an homage to the Delta 88. It's colored the same as the Delta 88. But also, the car that they get in, Ellie's car, is an Oldsmobile. It's a Buick. Oh, the, the fucking... It's oh, a Buick. It it's not a Delta 88, but it's an homage to the Delta 88. Because ashes, you can see on the right? keychain. Yeah, it's a, it's a Buick. Fucking air. Well, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So I dig that. I love that shot though. Is like like they they got off the elevator, which was like an homage to, um, I guess, uh, the the Shining. But it was done you know, differently. Where, but where I the do blood like all the comes out of the uh, like elevator. The, yeah, yeah. But like like the way 
they shot her face and she's walking and she's like, come get some or whatever she said. Yeah. I, I yeah. did that. There were some cool shots for sure. Um, it was a, it, it was sort of video gamey a little bit. Like I, the fact that the, the monster brings the daughter into the truck was like, you could have took her anywhere. Like, why'd you take her in the truck? I don't know. Like, that's fine. It's just, it kind of, it's meant to be in that position it, to set up the next fine. scene where she grabs the chainsaw. But, yeah. um, and then like, I do like that Beth finds her way back in. Uh, she fights like hell to get in, and we see that like crazy shot of her just like running. I fucking I dig love that. that. Yeah, I did. I dig those kind of shots, those POVs sort of, but reverse. Um, mm-hmm. And then like I like how she like shoots at the creature, but like trips up and falls, and then ultimately like ends up like chainsawing it into the into the wood chipper with the help of Cassie. Um, and like I do like that. There's blood just everywhere, uh, and then you know they just walk kind of walk away, and that I'm not that satisfied with i'm sort of like well what happens next? like what do you where are you going or the whole like jessica getting possessed by the deadites later it doesn't do as much for me as far as an ending like it's fine that they tied it up so like because the opening is dope but mm-hmm. it's sort of meaningless too because it's sort of like well okay so one of the neighbors gets possessed and then like the deadite leaves and goes to like a remote location well, if you we didn't connect it back at the end, then there would be no point in having that opening scene at the exactly. beginning because so it would it's be totally like we're doing that just to connect that that cool opening. But where do we go from that opening? Like, what is that? Well, maybe what they're going to be mean? in the next movie or something. Maybe, I don't yeah, know. maybe. <laughs> or it was just an homage to get. It was just a means to get us to, to a, get cabin. a cabin in there. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I so I like the final fight, but I do think it's a little like I don't know boss level. It's like, oh, it's this is the boss. You're going to fight the big boss now. And I think there are other ways that maybe we could have ended this movie a little bit better as far as Evil Dead goes. But I don't know. It's like we always do fight something. I, I don't expect an evil Beth to show up either. So that would have been a little bit, you know. Cliche. Yeah, I disagree. So, I just had so much fun watching this. Like, I, the like end of the, it. I like the monster only because like the book shows us that that's one of the levels that like what's going to happen. Yeah. I like that the book does show, hey, this is going to happen. This woman's going to happen. She's going to be torn apart. And like this is going to happen. And then we get to see well, that I, in the film. And I love that scene because it was like like those kids are digging into her to become this creature. And yeah. I thought that was great. No, it was interesting. And then like, you know, still Ellie is still the driving force. She's still the driving, like she's sure. the monster herself. It's not the kid so much. It's still her. Like she's the right. main dead eye. Um, and she's the one that Beth has to come to grips with because it's her sister. Um, and then like we're sort of left, like there's a lot of un- like threads untied though, like. The Necronomicon's still upstairs. Like the apartment's gonna be like. Uh, it would have been interesting to see like the next day the apartment was demolished and we get or like whatever and we get to see like the apartment come down like they explode the apartments and the Necronomicon is just buried under there or something like yeah, that like, under the rubble. Yeah, like that, that was would the be, problem with the some, somebody's poking around it, it, and it, it again that it was there or whatever. It was more of the priest like 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 going through this. That it wasn't so much about the book, which is what Evil Dead's about. Is the well, book. yeah, it's the recording that really does the, the book's part of it, but the recording is the this. But the, it's the, the book. I mean, it, it, it's the like chance is what uh, really summons. Sure, them. yeah, but which it's you could have got from the book. book. It's yeah. both. Not so much of the yeah, chance. it is both. It's just like Evil Dead Two with the recording, right? But it's about the book. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but about John, is it about the book? <laughs> it's about the book. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, no. I mean, and even I mean, even in 2013, the Fetty Alvarez—that's what it was about, right? Yeah, it wasn't so much about 
chanting. It was about the book of, of well, like, it's this still is about, what caused. You need both. You need both. Yeah. You need both. You need the incantation to summon. Sure. The okay. I get that. So but, let's yeah, give but... our reviews. <laughs> Okay, John. This I'm movie a little was... conflicted now. Do you have a melange of feelings about it? A melange of feelings. Of feelings. <laughs> John, go. this movie yeah. was your pick. I Share was. your review with us. I actually love the act- acting of this movie. I thought uh, aesthetically it was fantastic. I love that the the rain, the darkness about it. Um, the fact that it was like rolling blackouts like throughout the movie. Sorry, I got a jet flying over. Mm. Hear it? Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> we got a marine base down the road. Um, I actually really love this movie. Um, I think this is one of those movies you really have to go watch in the theater to get the experience because it's got this like really awesome sound to it. it, it it's very ominous. Um, you hear these like. Almost like um, I, I guess fly sounds. You hear the the buzz like going over the mom's eye mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. when she's dead, and then you hear the you know it comes from one side of the screen to the other, and it yes. sounds fantastic. Um, man, this movie is such a great entry into the uh, Evil Dead. Um, what sort I'm looking for is just like the the the, the franchise franchise, yeah series but whatever but i mean it it just feels so good it's just like uh the kids acting is great the uh two adult actresses are awesome even the uh the uh uh supporting actors uh the 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 old guy that's smoking a cigarette all the time with the shotgun and then the uh religious guy was fantastic um you gotta watch this movie i'm gonna say this is a Eight out of ten. Um, man, I'm trying to find out the right one. Um, graters are, are cheese graters to the legs. Oh, there you go. Nice. Sorry. Henry That's on the Eight out of ten <laughs> cheese graters to the legs. Got it. Hyderberg, what say you? Uh, yeah, so cheese graters. To... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, some pros. John, you touched on a bunch of them already. Uh, some fantastic shots. I thought I really liked the cinematography in this film. I thought this was a really well shot film. Uh, the opening especially is just, man, the opening just hit me. And I just, I was on board from the get-go once the opening hit in. I like the homage. Right away, we get some homages to the originals um, without being so heavy-handed. Um, you can go into this and not know anything about the originals. And I think some people have. Some people love 2013 and don't even know about the originals yet so logan. Uh, yeah i just i wasn't trying to call anybody out but yeah logan you need to get i'm on. just kidding um i think there's some intense atmosphere too in this i'm like we get that with the beginning also like i said in the daytime no less um the the the, the reading of the book the weathering heights scene i thought was really well done it was just so ominous and like creepy when she's like reading it in this deadite sort of like deep in vo- just hearing a woman possessed and like this deepened voice on what you think would be more feminine of a voice it just like it hits me automatically like oh my god that's something's wrong here um yeah <laughs> i get that yeah and then so like i liked how they worked that in i like the daytime shot and that opening credit scene and then we like i like that we do go to the um the sort of like darkened rainy uh inner city 
it's the city's like if there wasn't an earthquake, you wouldn't know that this was L.A., though. Like, we don't really spend a lot of time just establishing where we are exactly. Um, so like that, maybe that's on purpose. Uh, I, I do kind of like that they switched the setting. I, I could see that as a detriment as well, though. I could, I, I understand your complaints, Jacqueline. Um, I think if they utilize that setting more, it would have been better. I think yes. there's, more, there's more than one floor in an apartment complex. Like there's more to go. We could have had people wandering around or maybe the elevator worked and, or the, uh, you know, we, we get through that apartment 82 that we spent so much time trying to get through. And then, uh, you know, something's wrong in there. Like there's a dead body in it. Like, why are we not allowed in there? And then like, once we get in there, maybe the fire escape doesn't work out as the plan that we thought it would. And we have to go up instead. And, uh, and we realize that like, oh my God, the whole fucking building's taken over. And I can understand like less apartments are filled up because most people have moved out by now, but there's still some residents here and there. So like old lady Atkins upstairs with her dog is fucking a deadite now, whatever. Like, I don't know. That would have been interesting. Fucking uh, a deadite. Yikes. Yeah, she's fucking a deadite. Mm. There's only one position when you're fucking a deadite, and that's doggy stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On a Sunday morning. Uh, so, uh, that was a nice callback. Uh, so I do think this film is horrific as shit, though. I love that about it. I, it pulls no punches, and I just love like the gore and the viscera from beginning to end. Um, nobody's safe, you know? The, the family that I thought might pull through, like, we get some of them, you know, only one of them actually does make it out. Well, two of them, but like one of the actual family that we, we see initially, because uh, back I count Beth as kind of like an add on when she shows up. Um, mm-hmm. An add on. Yeah, but she is she is family. She's anti Beth. So and she's good with kids because she knows how to lie to them. So uh, I do like the the just the heart. It's like a horror themed roller coaster. And I, the brutality is unapologetic. And I just it just works well for me. I just love like beginning to end. The ride that we take once it gets going, like, I think the pacing is great. Um, I really love the sound design. Like you said, John, all the creepy sound effects are really well done. I just uh, like I said, I also enjoyed the family and Beth's fight to protect her nieces and nephew um, and from their mother. Like the fact that she had to fight her own sister to defend her sister's kids, like was interesting to me. Um, There should have been a moment, though, like Jacqueline said, with like they're hesitant, like they're very quick to like, all right, we got to kill mom now, like. And that's that's definitely a detriment as far as like, I feel like we're still invested in these characters. It still works enough, but it should have hit us harder that moment. Um, yeah, we, we we should have been more like, oh, no, not L. L's possessed now. And we don't really get that moment. It's like, oh, L's possessed. OK, you know, and it, it hits still like it's it's still like, oh, shit. Like she's you know, when she turns on her kids, it's still like shitty. But and in a good way. But like, yeah, it definitely like as a character uh moment it should have hit a little bit harder i think and that would have resonated more um and we'll see what repeat viewings how that that hits you uh yeah i also just i like i said i just love the pacing like this it's a crisp like nice 97 minutes i think it could have been a little bit longer um but with this nice pacing like we could have added more to it or taken away a couple couple things that don't work and added the things that we've spoken about like maybe an extra floor or some more character development with ellie um and i would have enjoyed it more it could have hit more uh there are some detriments to the story as well um there's no real character arc there's no real arc to the film other than bridget's uh maybe uh, not bridget's um uh, beth's but that's like it's it's kind of weak too she's pregnant that's basically the main thing and she decides to keep her baby and or like we don't know that she wasn't going to keep the baby but we know now at the very end she is and she fights for her life and but she never was like in dire straits at one point where it was like, oh, my God, does she want to end her life? Like, what is going to happen? Like, 
this situation doesn't really change her character that much. So we're, we're not really like, oh my God, I'm so more invested in this character now. Like I liked her to begin with and I liked her at the end, but there was nothing that really fucking cemented me as far as like I'm team Beth, you know? So I think they could have done a better job there. Um, and there isn't really anything to me that's connecting this film to the last one uh, that I'm aware of. Like, I know that the books, like, maybe I missed something, but a little bit of a thread would have been nicer. Or maybe a story about the cabin, maybe a, a news clipping or something. I don't know. Like, there there are other books in this world, and I do like that they're connected. So there's like, sort of, this is sort of like an anthology story now. With We're not connecting one character like Ash now. We're connecting the books and wherever mm-hmm. they go. Whoever they affect, that's our main character for that story. And I cool, I, I that's a cool concept. I dig that. But to just place it in this world, because I, I do think this takes place in the same world as 2013. And we're led to believe that possibly it does take place as well as in Ash's world. Like there are three different books and we're dealing with the third one in this. Uh, but it's not like totally told to you that way. Uh, the whole family, too, I thought was like, I really dug the family. Um and then, like, other uh, other than Beth and Cassie dying, it's kind of a bummer. Like, I don't know, like, Bridget and Danny, like, I like them. And, like, Danny kind of gets taken out, like, right away, too. You're sort of like, like, Beth gets, uh, Bridget gets taken out, too. But, um, I don't know, it's interesting to see her as a deadite. And then, like, Danny just gets taken out where you thought maybe Danny's going to pull through. And, like, he just, like, dies. And you're mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, shit, you know? So that's a little bit of a bummer to me. Um, but I get it. Like, it's part of what I like about the film as well. So, uh, yeah. It was a good discussion. With that said, I'm going to give um, Evil Dead from Evil Dead Rise from 2023. I'm going to give it also, like John said, I'm going to give it eight out of ten cheese graters to the list. Jacqueline, right. how are you feeling? <laughs> I mean, I, you may have noticed I talked a lot less tonight than I usually do. Um, I just I don't hate this movie. I don't I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I say as, you know, actively or aggressively disliking it i guess i just kind of remain unimpressed um i honestly don't have a lot of thoughts about it just something about it felt um kind of forgettable to me i i feel like a month or two from now i'm i'm gonna barely remember anything about this movie um whereas i did not feel that way about the 2013 one so i already said a lot of my stuff uh some of my some other criticisms that I didn't mention. Let's see. I guess I kind of mentioned them all. Oh, I might have regency oh, minor. bias too. Like, you know, like it's a new film, right? And then we're reviewing it right after the heels of it coming out. And- Maybe. You know, it hasn't. we haven't had time for it to kind of settle into our consciousness and settle into our sort of collective movie knowledge among all the rest. But um, one minor point, I think Beth sucks as a protector. <laughs> like, um, there's so many scenes where like bad shit is going down with Ellie and Beth just stands there and has the kids kind of flanking her on either side when clearly she should be saying, kids, get in your rooms right now. Like get get out of here. This is dangerous. But they're all just like standing there watching, like kind of dumbfounded. And I'm like, do something like protect these kids, like try do something to protect the kids. But she's just letting them stand there, watch when they're clearly in danger. I think it speaks um, on the kids too, though. They're they're a little bit like bullish. The the kids like they don't really listen. They don't even listen to their mom that way. But she didn't even tell them to do anything. Like she should yeah. have said, like, go to your rooms right now. Uh, and that kind of indirectly connects with another thing. I don't love the subplot about her being pregnant. I don't really see it as adding 
anything. Yeah. I feel like it's just a thing that is kind of thrown in there to make things seem more dramatic or higher stakes. But Hyderberg, as you said, I don't feel like she undergoes any kind of a character arc, really. Like, I liked her fine at the beginning, and I liked her fine at the end. Her pregnancy didn't seem to have any, I don't know, no no significant impact on her as a character. I didn't see her change or grow, really, or do anything. It was just kind of, I think, somewhat sloppily referred to a couple of times. You know, it's it's it, like, makes her more sympathetic at the beginning, I guess. And, oh, I fucked up again. I got this thing. I got to talk to myself. But then the only other times we really hear it referenced are that Cassie mentions it twice when she's like, you're going to be a good, you know, her her potential as a mother is alluded to a couple of times where Cassie's like, oh, you're going to be a good mother someday. And, you know, oh, I guess it's supposed to be kind of like a wink, wink to the audience. Like, oh, guess what? You know, Cassie doesn't know she's going to be a mom. Well, we then, saw that in the trailer. The- yeah. And then, yeah. And then later she like it is reveal like she reveals to Cassie like yes I'm going to be a mom and it's like okay but I just don't really feel any narrative impact of that mm-hmm. so I I just feel like it was an unnecessary addition the to the plot. Father's name is Ash. <laughs> now see that would have been interesting. <laughs> that would have been fun. Wow wow. So that yeah that yeah that that would have been interesting but I just don't feel like we I don't feel like we needed that. Um I felt like there was actually too much CGI, the abomination mm. thing at the end, and when Ellie is crawling around out of the bathtub, like on the wall and stuff, hereditary style. It just doesn't look great to me. I don't, I don't like know. Eh, I don't like it. So I feel bad. Like, and listen, I am not criticizing anybody who loved this movie. I love that you guys had such a good time with it. Seriously, I'm very happy that you enjoyed it as much as you did. I think it's just one of those things that just for whatever reason doesn't doesn't like get me that excited <clears throat> now you heard it here guys Jacqueline's a hater i'm a hater uh, <laughs> i agree there's there's some good gore in this there's some nice gross out moments um mm-hmm. i'm glad that we have that little wraparound scene from the beginning and the end or a reach around as you might say Heidelberg. Mm. i do really like the acting and i think the actors in this are all really good which again kind of makes me feel like we missed out a little bit on some more potential relationship building between yeah. the characters. I think that was like too rapidly breezed through. Whereas I think I would have had a, I think I would have cared more and had more of a connection to the movie if I had been able to spend more time with the characters and see them interact with each other more as a family, because I liked what we got so much. It just, I wanted more. I, I yeah. felt like there wasn't enough of it specifically in the relationship between the mother and the kids. <clears throat> um, and so, and so I feel like that's kind of, I feel like the movie is sort of counting on the fact that it's a mother who goes deadite and is attacking her own children. We've talked about this before on the show, that that's like one of the biggest taboos in all of society and more specifically in movies, you know, if you're putting more of a fine point on it, is like, you know, mothers mistreating their kids or not being good mothers or mothers, you know, threatening their kids in some way or violence against kids. That's a huge taboo. And I feel like that was supposed to be kind of the main emotional center of this movie is like the horror of a mother turning on her kids because she's possessed. But again, it just it's so it almost feels incidental because we don't like have a strong sense of the relationship with the kids. It, it almost because they're so independent in the early scenes before shit goes crazy, crazy. Um, it, it almost just feels like they're sort of coexisting, but it doesn't feel like, a, you know, 
a super close relationship. And I'm not saying that it's not a close relationship. I'm just saying we don't get to see it very much. So for me, that's a problem. And it means that the emotional center that they're relying on doesn't have much impact. For yeah, me. I disagree. I <clears throat> I think they do have that tight knit, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so, just I think in the me, short time I, I we get with them, they they establish it a little bit, but yeah, it could have been agreed. Like Jacqueline says, it could have been uh, leaned on a little bit more, and we could have established it a little bit better. I think I just feel I just that think they... they're such good actors that we that most of what we see them do is like either run around and scream or like they're just reacting, to you know. And so yeah. I, I just I, get I, that. I wish we could have spent more time with them. Is all I'm sure. saying. Um, but I, yeah, so I do like the acting. The book was cool. I like the. The, the the scene of the boy playing the record and it's playing through he's got the big sound system in his room yeah. it's like real booming and him kind of like releasing this thing I, I like how that happens yeah. I really do I think once the characters become Anda, deadites yeah Estrada. like it's like whoa um once the characters become deadites I think they're pretty fucking scary um yeah, the, seeing the mother through the peephole and we see her trying to manipulate Cassie by acting like the normal mother, even when we know that she's not, it's not really her. Um, seeing Bridget chewing the glass and what did she say? Buggies in my tummies or something? Yeah, I got creepy crawlies in my tummy. <laughs> yeah, creepy crawlies in my tummy. Yeah, I like buggies better, what you said. Yeah. That was, um, so yeah, I like when the characters become possessed. I just... I don't know. Again, I I feel like people are going to be mad at me because I'm not no. raving over this movie, and because the thing that's that's lacking to me is like sort of abstract. There's just kind of an X factor that's that's sort of missing. I I just um I would have liked to have seen what Fede Alvarez would have done with this instead. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I I don't feel like you guys really moved me on it, but I'll. I think I would say the highest score I can give it is like a six out of ten. She's great. Wow. Still alive. that feels so. low. That's what six, huh? Well, it's only two below you, and you loved it. So, what do you want? I mean, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just enjoy, it's still I really on the positive my, side. Uh, I, I was expecting to come in at a seven, maybe. No, 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 it's still positive. It's still on the positive side, but it's yeah. just all right for me. It's just you fine. didn't hate it. I did not hate it. Good. I did not hate it. I, I just, know. I mean, I, I feel like re uh, recency bias might be part of my my um my review as well. Like, we'll see. Uh, over time, I'm, yeah, and that could I'm be an impact on it as well. I just, I just think it's a fun film, and it I is a fun I film. With it. But I feel like it was trying to get us to feel more about it, and it didn't. It didn't happen. Like when me. I watched it, I wasn't thinking about 2013 or like what Fetty really do. Oh, no, you know, I, I did. I just enjoyed I the film. I love the beginning of the movie. After. Yeah, like the way that woman. It felt like 2013 to me, and I don't think 2013 is as good as everybody makes it out to be. Anyway. No, I, I think it's not as good I, as the original. I think it's, I think it's not as good as 1981. It's good for a remake. Yes, I agree with that. But it cribs on all the things that this does as well. Like it's just. Yeah, a, but there's something about the that's style the in it and the Evil heart. Dead, though there's a heart in it. Oh yeah, I, I get that. But I feel and that's like why I don't missing. criticize it too much. I just think some people hold it up like, oh my god, it's the best Evil Dead out of no. all. No way. No, I'm not saying no, that. Absolutely not. No. Don't be ridiculous. I can't give anything Did that's you? a. I don't know. It's tough for me to give anything that's been inspired by something else that came before it a higher me, rate than what came before, unless it's like I mean, something there, like the there thing. There are exceptions. Yeah, that, yeah, there are exceptions, but they're rare. And well, I, like, I do like the Blob remake better than the original, but the original is good. Sure. 
yeah, and the fly, of course. But yeah. So in no way am I saying that 2013 is the best film in this franchise. That's You're not saying that at this all what I'm saying. I'm saying the isn't on the same. And level. if we're just talking about like the new iterations of like this kind of yeah. revival of the franchise, mm-hmm. I think 2013 did it better. Sure. Not as good as the original one, but still, I think that it, there was just a heart in in the 2013. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The heart, right? This yeah. is missing that's a little fair. bit of the heart. It's yeah. missing a little bit of the heart. That's that's kind of the best I can say about it. So I but did you I, did I you guys like the beginning of the movie where that woman I fucking loved out the of the water? Of the yeah, no, it I was the title. That that's awesome. Yeah, it was cool, but like, why was she levitating? Because <laughs> she's a dad. I thought it was rad. It looked cool. I thought it was awesome. I love the beginning and the music. So it hits so hard, like like the amplification of the the sound in yep. the theater when it hit was like. That was very cool. Yeah, I, I wonder if you would like this film better if you weren't critiquing it and you were just like letting it wash over you. That's possible. Oh, yeah. So maybe if I had seen it twice, that would have helped. Um, sure. But you know what? Ask me again in like five years, and maybe you know. I think. I don't know. I think sometimes once things settle down and become part of your like repertoire of movie knowledge, then it mm-hmm. kind of like you, you're able to like fit it into a context better. But since it's brand new, I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't know what to tell you. But ask me. In that's five fair. Years. Maybe I'll whatever, feel hey, whatever you feel is what you feel. Jacqueline, it's okay. that's totally it's okay to fair. be wrong. It's fine. Thank you. There's that's- no reason to <laughs> criticize what you just said. <laughs> Sorry, I just although had- we we <laughs> may want to ask Stephen from Spoils of Horror what he thought about. Uh, it. He's going to side with Jacqueline. We all no, probably. Not. I don't know about that. Yes, I kind of feel they like dinner together. Like uh, Leo's going to be on our. There's side, no way he's but... going to side against Jacqueline. I don't know. He and I have disagreed on occasion. <laughs> mm-hmm. He really liked the Dark and the Wicked, and I don't care for that one. So the Dark and the Wicked is the reason that we are friends with him. Mm-hmm. I looked them up because of the Dark and the Wicked. That's how really? I yes, because of their review. They reviewed it, and I contacted them. Yeah, they did. I listened to their did review. They really? I yeah, I listened them. to yeah. that episode, and I contacted oh, I Stephen, and then Stephen. There was another through line of why they ended up listening to our show, and then we started DMing each other because of that, and that's how we became friends over Instagram with them. Well, the well Stephen, if you want to be I if found, you want to continue being friends with me, yeah. you better agree with me about evil. I Dead found <laughs> spoils of horror. He said he might watch it this week if he can in the theater. So I'm I'm yeah. curious to what him and Leo might think. Well I was hoping what was to the find first a showing thing we of did it. with them. Was that um, um Jason uh, goes, to goes to hell Jason goes to hell? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then we did Rock and Roll um, Nightmare. John you're Ultra actually nice. next John you need to schedule something with them because me and Jacqueline have both had our heard our like episodes <laughs> that we've scheduled with them yeah as far like i had barbarian and jason goes to hell jacqueline had poultry guys and rock and roll nightmare so i think i was thinking about time for um, you to get them yeah, on i actually thinking about um toxic avenger at some point well, it's gonna be a live watch oh is it yeah or not we don't is know it? what are we talking about here let's move on so right. we should yeah john you should <laughs> John, you should uh, think of something to to collaborate on with uh, Spoils of Horror, but um, yeah, no, I don't Do know. I kind of, I kind of, they might, they might really love this movie. So here's the I one I want to do. Make any enemies? Here, but I know here's no, the one yeah, I want to no do way. with you guys, but I think they would come on for it. Is a robicide. <laughs> All right, but they already Dude, covered seriously, that. I I did that in a previous life. They've done it. Let's do it together. All all of us. Yeah. So you've already done it, and they've done it. And then we're going to do it with them? We are. It feels a little redundant. No. 
Trust me, it's not redundant. <laughs> no, I'm like open to like, look, I've watched some of the shittiest films because they covered them, but um, trust me, no, well, it won't li- be life redundant. Is, life is long. We have time to figure it out. Okay, mm-hmm. you guys want a little trivia? Yeah, give me some. Sure. Okay, uh, I don't have anything like earth shattering, yeah, but new, a couple so. little tidbits. Um, some Easter first of all, this was originally planned to be a straight to HBO Max release, but. <laughs> Excuse me. Test really? screenings did, yeah. Test screenings did so well that they're like, all right, let's throw it in. Really? Well, look at them now. They've made double the budget. Yep. So that was a wise decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director said that they used over seventeen hundred gallons of fake blood for the movie. I can definitely that. see that. Yep. Yeah, it's up there with the uh, the original. I mean, the yep. well, especially with the, the uh, remake, but the elevator scene, right? The elevator scene, and then the wood chipper. That's true. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you compare that to the the raining blood in um 2013, it's pretty comparable as far as like, I would say so. Yeah. Um yep. I like the I like the raining blood a lot. Though. Yeah, I do. I do like that scene. Uh uh Bruce Campbell cameo in the first of the three records that Danny plays, Bruce can be heard saying, "Destroy it. It's called yeah. the Book of the Dead for a reason." Uh-huh. So that's that's our Oh, that was Bruce Bruce's. Campbell? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's my future uh, fourth husband. <laughs> I've got a lot got of a, future husbands. Got a manly up. chin. He sure Hugh does. Salva, yep. Bruce Campbell. Yep. Jeff, my my boy Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Goldblum. Yep. Joey from episode Black Swan. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally gonna marry that guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, oh, and so director Lee Cronin suggested that Campbell could be playing Ash again in the recording, as the series has had multiple instances of Ash going back in time and encountering. Lord, they have the names of the different books. I'm not even going to try to pronounce them, but encountering the different books. So, so like, yeah, I heard that, too. Like, that might have actually been him in the past. Right. Interrupting exactly. that recording. Saying, exactly. Stop it. This is called the Book of the Dead for a reason. Like, I actually love that idea. Yeah, I, I, I do love that. And Heidelberg, I have to say, I really like your idea about the next installment in this franchise, having Mia and Beth and Ash all meet up in like some other dimension. That'd be cool. Like, like yep. they have to like bring the book with but them if it's or something done properly. Yeah. They all have to like, they all have interacted with different books at certain times. I feel like that could be really a way to connect cool. them all. And yeah. it would also bring an army of the dead uh, of darkness sort of vibe to yes. this, this yes. trilogy. You know, I, I, mean? I would be so down for that. I actually think that's a brilliant idea. The more I think about it. Right, so kudos it. to you. Uh, I copyright, actually copyright. love the Nobody continuity this idea. of the deadites. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just yeah. the way they look, the smile. That's awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Um, everybody noticed the shining homage with the elevator full of blood, right? Yeah. Um, there are a couple other little homages uh, to the shining as well. Not as obvious, but one is in that opening drone shot. It kind of skims over a lake. And there's a moment in the opening credits of the shining where you see a similar shot. So it looks oh. reminiscent of that. And then there's another shot where um, Beth is leaning against a closed door and she shot from the ground up, similar to the shot in The Shining when Jack Nicholson is trapped in the um, like the food pantry, and he's like begging Wendy to let him out. But he uh, shot from underneath, and he's leaning with his hands against the door, and you kind of see like the bottom of his chin and stuff. I don't know if you guys remember that shot, John. I know you don't love that movie, but I'm definitely gonna pick it sometime soon. No, we got a cover. I like it. Yeah, I don't but, love uh, it. I like it. Yeah, so, he's going, okay, he's going. Right. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't hate it. He just, oh, okay. I don't. For some reason, I thought I thought you didn't love it, it as much no, as I like it. I don't love it. Okay. So anyway, a little you know, little homage references there. Would um, you say you like it? You love it? You want some more of it? 
I would I would imagine that's how he feels. Yeah. You could almost like sing a song about that, I bet. <laughs> My name's Tamar Girl. Yep. <laughs> John looks pissed. He doesn't like musicals. Oh god damn. Let's do Evil so. Dead the musical next. Oh my god. Hell yeah, I'm down for that. What the fuck was that? Okay. As long anyway. As it's not the shining. <laughs> well, guess what? Because next week I've changed the schedule. No, I'm mm. just kidding. All right. Oh, the shit. last little factoid I have, for some reason this amused me. The sound of Ellie biting out a man's eyeball in the hallway is actually an audio recording of Bruce Campbell furiously biting into an apple. Arr! I nice. love that. <laughs> I love that they use Bruce Campbell. Like it's something you would never know. Right, exactly. That they used him for part of just to, like to know that there's a moment there that Bruce. But Kemp- now we all know. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yep, we have a little insider info. And I do love but... that eyeball scene too. I was like, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh I my do too. God, they're doing the eyeball scene. Yeah, the way <laughs> that she right spit it across the scene, and then <clears throat> that was one of those CG like moments. Though, like the guy's eye missing, it looked cool, but you could tell it was CG, like automatically. Mm-hmm. You I know. just didn't love that moment. I felt like it was so out of place. Like you can't just stick a slapstick moment into in a, a movie that, that is otherwise use, like yeah. very serious. Like You're of course right. that works in Evil Dead too, because the whole thing is so slapstick. But this does not. Yeah. It, but it's, it's not Evil what, Dead. I, I disagree. Very, no, but Jacqueline's right this too. One is like, very so let's let's say we kept the whole way scene all slapstick then, and that was like the homage yes. to Evil Dead, and like so everything that happens in the hallway scene was slapstick. But we don't that get worked better. Yeah. We get but the just we, like we do one get the little Dead by Dawn chant later on in the hallway scene. Well, let me ask you: Is that shot of her like under her chin, like as she's running through, while she's got a bloody face? Did you like that? What? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I know no, what no, moment you're referring like, to. Like as soon as she gets, <clears throat> I'm sorry. As soon as she gets out of the uh, elevator, and then who, you Ellie see that shot. Beth? Huh? Who Who are we talking about, Ellie? You talking about Beth? Who are we talking about? Beth. Okay. Where it's like under her face, she's got a bloody face, and she's running towards the. Oh, that's when she gets thing. through the cage. Yeah, it's not quite under her face; it's like dead on. Right. Yeah, but it's like. But that's rat, like, like every other. That's like every other Evil Dead, right? Where it's just like like yeah, there's an POV energy to that that shot, that, that of, shot of where she's just sort of yeah. I mean, did you like that or not? I did. Um, yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. I don't know. That's like calls. It doesn't call to mind like. The zaniness, though, that like Jacqueline's no, with no. no, but it's like every other Evil Dead. There was movie. no hand cutting off scene or anything that cra- yeah. like crazy. Which yeah. I'm yeah, glad though, because like that would have felt really out of place. Yeah, but even in 2013, they had a shot like that. I think the yeah. eyeball was just a small little bit of like, hey, I we're get not that. Gonna but... really go that zany, but here's like a little bit of it for you guys. Well, it I was, think it just it, didn't fit. Yeah. It was an homage. That's all it was. It wasn't like. A major part of the movie. It was just an homage. It just seemed like a little out of place to me. But again, I don't hate it. I just, eh, just didn't I like... loved it. I'm sorry. I'm I, glad. I, no, I I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm actually. Yeah, really would glad you say it's a 6.0 out of 10? Uh, you know, scene or was it like an eight out of 10? For say? me, yeah, eight. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's I fair. think that's. I think. I think we've uh, about done the thing for yep. Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, we did the damn thing. <laughs> We did the damn thing. Uh, next week, we're going to be changing gears a little bit, doing something a little bit different. Very interesting. Is it also, your choice? It's my choice. It's a callback to it. one of our earliest episodes ever. I, I'm, I'm doing a little callback to the second episode we ever recorded. And really? one of the first episodes we ever before. Yeah. 
You mean before we even launched, right? Before we even launched, yeah. So not yeah. the second episode we released, but the second one we recorded. Yeah. So um, next week we'll be covering the second part of the Coffin Joe trilogy, the Fuck Brazilian, yeah. the Brazilian horrors. Uh, trilogy boy and the the name of this one is called this night i'll possess your corpse this night i'll possess your corpse wow. smell your soul that was so intense <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> but i liked it um so yeah this one i actually i feel like you can only really it's not really streaming on any streaming service so the only place that i know of that you can really find it is on youtube mm-hmm. so it should be there free in its entirety what's on the YouTube. quality Jacqueline, are we talking probably standard definition? Probably not great. Probably it's not standard great, definition. But... You're right because I have I looked to buy the box. You're set. not going to be They're happy only on Blu-ray. Yeah, you're not going to be can happy. Only find them on Blu-ray. Yeah. So. Oh, I I didn't even know they had a Blu-ray. I thought they were. They just do DVDs. have a box set. It's 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 like out of print at the time, but I know oh, he's fucking find them you, online. Jacqueline. No, no, I've been looking for them since we covered it. Since I decided yeah no I remember you talking about that, yeah. but uh, yeah, there's definitely no 4K, and I'm sorry yeah, the no the YouTube. The YouTube quality is not going to be good, so I I hope you can just. That will be your... part of my review. God, okay. <laughs> you're going to fault a 1967 Brazilian movie for not. Yeah, because we security. covered a 1920 uh, something film, which looked great. Yeah, it was a fucking Criterion release, man. I don't care. <laughs> Criterion did a bang up job, and Phantom Carriage looked awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm just glad kidding. you. I'm, I'm glad kidding. it looked great to you, but uh, this does not have a criterion. All right, I'm um, I'm excited to cover it though. Yeah, so I, I, it's it's been just about two years since we watched the first one, and you guys gave me a pleasant surprise with how because I don't know why I went so weird for my very first choice. Because you're weird. It's fine. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, regardless of how it was intended. But. Um, yeah, for some reason, inexplicably, that was my very first movie that I ever chose for this podcast. It was our was second it? recording. Yes. Oh, shit. That's our right. first that was recording was Mortuary Collection. And our second one, which was my choice, was... Um, yeah, Mortuary was mine. Off and Joe, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. The Night was, I think, one of our first like official episodes that you picked. Yes, for. Yeah. yes, okay. that is right. I think that might have been my very first pick of yeah, the episodes for, that we uh, released. We on, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Coffin Joe, and I remember you guys really enjoyed it at the time. I was so I pleased because it's one that I had kind of um, had on my mind for a while and, and and had enjoyed for many years before that. And uh, I remember you guys saying that you would be open to watching the second one, which kind of surprised me because I yeah. sort of expected you to hate it. But I think it's it's about time that we come back to it. Now. Yeah, so- that I remember that and Possessor are the two episodes where I thought like if we could go back and do one of them like again based mm-hmm. on our new format, like how we've evolved. Over yeah. Time. Those yeah. are two episodes that I would want to redo. Um, mm-hmm. I could, mm-hmm. based on that. that and were... guys. Me too. No, Poultry Guys, <laughs> I think we did enough. Uh, I think it, I think we covered every aspect of that film from top to bottom. And I think we sealed it up and, and we, we buried it. We're done. We're done with that. Yeah. Okay. The we're chickens are underground the in the Indian burial down. ground. All the chicken nipples have been cut off and oh. buried. Gobble gobble, motherfucker! The chicken has been digested. Uh, the chicken has oh, yeah, been digested right. and shat out de- yeah. definitively. <laughs> but yeah, Coffin Joe season two, Electric Boogaloo uh, next week. <laughs> that was good. So yeah, again, um, in case this is not a super familiar title to you, again, it's called "This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse." It's from 1967. Sorry, soul. Sorry, soul. <laughs> that too. So find it on YouTube. 
and check back with us uh, next week to hear what we think of the second part of Coffin Joe. In the meantime, if you want to email us your thoughts and tell me why I'm so wrong about Evil Dead Rise, um, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. I'd also like to invite listeners to feel free to email us some questions about ourselves and our our horror tastes and likes and dislikes and stuff like that in preparation for our 100th episode, which is coming up in just a few weeks. So we would really love to have some questions from listeners that we can answer on our milestone episode. We did something similar for our 50th episode. And honestly, that was maybe um, my the the part of that episode that was the most fun for me was getting questions from listeners that we could yeah, answer cool. for you guys. So we'd love to have more questions. So anything... That, that you're burning to ask us, bring it on. We'll take it. So email us at that email address. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cut Above Horror. Uh, if you want to message me on Instagram at a cut above one word that horror underscore review about how Jacqueline uh, really <laughs> underrated this uh, review <laughs> of Evil Dead Rise, you could totally hit me up there and I'll <laughs> message you back as soon as possible. Um, also, like Jacqueline said, message us, send us questions on any of our socials or our email about, you know, like how we've done on this podcast for the past two years or any questions you have or just like statements or anything you want to say about like what you like about us or what you don't like. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. even have to be positive. It's, it's yeah. just like just spam feedback is great. Like just, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Tell Jacqueline why she's wrong about tonight's review. I'm just kidding. Whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, No, but seriously. Yeah, just, you know feedback is cool so yeah we just want to hear from you guys like whatever it is positive negative whatever we just want to hear it john oh my turn <clears throat> yeah like us on facebook a cut above a colon horror review and make sure you give us those five star uh ratings on uh was it itunes and mm -hmm. spotify yeah i yeah. mean that's awesome we love you guys for that so yeah, yeah we would it helps and, us uh, out a lot yeah thank you so sure much you to everybody Heidelberg in the face for giving shit to our, our host Jacqueline. For, Thank you, John, for not liking this movie. Which is I'm funny. just messing with Jacqueline. I know no, you're not. It's okay. I can take it. I'm a big girl. I can take I it. You are. Um, but uh, and I did not dislike the movie. I still ended up as a six. So everybody, no, I, relax. Re I respect you. Everybody, relax. It was a placid fuck for Jack. Mm, so, well, okay, yeah, maybe. Okay, but anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Go um, let us know what you think. Give us questions. Give us something to answer you or comment on in our on our anniversary episode. And also, in the meantime, go watch This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse and then come join us next week for our review. And keep it creepy. I'll swallow your soul. Swallow your soul.